Happy Dad is available at a lot of your local bars and restaurants. You might even find it at some saloons. If you've enjoyed a Happy Dad, then you know it goes well with your burger, your wings, pizza, and steak. <laughs> People in California eat it with their sushi, too. Go to happydad.com find to find a bar or restaurant near you so you can watch the games with the boys while enjoying an ice-cold daddy drink. The ladies love it as well. If your bar doesn't carry Happy Dad, then ask them to call their distributor to stock up. You can't have a burger with that skinny can, can you? It's time to man up and drink Happy Dad. All right, boys, we are back with another Full Send podcast. We took about, is it three weeks off almost or almost a month, right? Four-week hiatus. little four-week hiatus. Honestly, boys, straight up, just felt like we needed a little bit of a break straight up. No fucking super explanation. We were on a crazy-ass Happy Dad trip. We launched the state of Pennsylvania. We uh, launched the state of Georgia for Happy Dad. So it's just been a super, super busy time for Happy Dad. Um, it's also a pretty good run. I was like, what? Two years straight. Yeah. Almost didn't miss a week. We'd take like a week or two off here and there, but um, we just wanted to take a little break, just kind of reset, and then just come back with some fire-ass pods. So we got a fire episode today. We got Patrick Bet David. We're at his uh, office, value Valuetainment? I don't know. We're in his cigar lounge in his office right now. You didn't do much, much research for this one, did I you? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't? I mean, yeah, I watched him. I know who he is. Yeah. He's you like, you asked Stani asked me. He's like, "So is this guy like an Andrew Tate?" No, I thought like... he was a gambling like sports. Gives you <laughs> what lines. Well, his name's Patrick Bet David. What the fuck? No, <laughs> that's hilarious. What does he actually do? Real estate, right? He's just like a. He's, he's like a, a he's a businessman. He's a speaker. I know. I'm trolling. I... He's kind of like a like he's kind of like a Joe Rogan, honestly, at this point, in like a way. No, I actually really like him. He preaches a lot of good shit. He's been doing some crazy interviews, but you just came from Brazil, right? Yeah, straight off the plane. Did one night in Brazil, one day, for like probably eight hours. Quick eight straight. hours in Brazil for Steve's IRL? Straight to the favelas, straight to the airport, straight here. So what, you f you flew there, you were there for eight hours, and then you dipped? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's fucking hard work, straight up. It was pretty successful. I, I personally, the IRL shit's pretty fun. It's just not really like, I don't know if it's meant for me, but it really? is fun. It's just so different, bro. You really have to put on for five hours straight. It's kind of hard. I think, well, we did it twice. I think they were both pretty good. Um, you just need more people. That's it. Yeah, but I, th I also think it's not something you could do once a week. If you really want to, I think every time we do it, we'll get clipped up. But I think if you really want to maintain that high live viewer rate, it's not something you could do once a week. Mm -mm. And that's why I was talking to Steve about that too. And I was just like, honestly, for me personally, I don't think I'm at that stage. You're in your David Goggins stage though. No, I'm not. I mean, it's just, I know what it takes to do that. And you'd have to do it two, three times a week. Well, don't tell him that because then he's going to want to ask me to well, do it two I'll, or three times I a week. I want Steve to. Once a week. I think, I think Steve could kill it though. I told him, I said. He can't. I think for the IRL shit, I think that that he should just kind of lead the way with that and do it on the Steve will do it page. And You'll yeah, maybe, in. maybe any, yeah, I'll pop into his shit and I'll give him ideas. But, um, I think with the pod and happy dad and just running everything else, I won't be, have time to like lead the charge and, and do what it takes. Yeah, for sure. Cause I, whenever I look at something that like 
we're about to do or enter, I always know what it takes. And it's like, you got to have that mental endurance. You got to, you got to be consistent. So I think once a week is good. Yo, yo, what's up, bro? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good to meet you guys. Nice to meet you. Great to meet you. How you doing? Great to meet you. Great to meet you. Has with Celsius oh. and Happy Dad. Both. Well, Happy Dad's Happy Dad's ours. No, I know I get Happy Dad, but I was thinking about Celsius. Yeah, Celsius is just a great sponsor. So yesterday we had the Shah of Iran's son here, Crown Crown Prince Reza Pahlavi. I'm a October 18, 1978 baby. The reason why you see a lot of Iranians in America, the business, the creators, John, people like that that are hustlers that are creating economy, they left Iran after the revolution. The son, yesterday, was the first time he agreed to do a three-hour long-form podcast. Sorry, don't can come you explain to... it, his, his position again? He is the crown prince of Iran. He is the son the of son the of... king of Iran that fell in 1979. Wow. Yeah, so, it's a, so we're, trying to, we're trying to make sure the uh, intro, everything uh, comes out the way it is. He made a comment in the interview that's never been made before, ever, because everyone's been expecting him to go back and do the job. This is the first time in 44 years he says, I don't want the job. So it's going to be released, and no one knows it yet. And uh, it's the Iranian community is going to be blown away by what Wait, happened When does yesterday. that come out? It's coming out today. Today or tomorrow is when it's going to come. We're editing right now the intro. That's what we're working on on the other side. But Just wanted to let us know who you had on before you come to the Note Boys. No, no. It's the meeting I was coming in from, and that's what I was talking to Sam about. So it's purely oh, okay, on my okay. mind. That's all I'm thinking about right now. You know how you have like no. a... Imagine yeah. like you're doing something with a Trump or a, you know, you got a big interview coming out. You want the intro to be perfect. Yeah. That's what we were working on. Well, now I'm curious why he doesn't want the job out. I'm why before... does he not want the yeah, job? That's... So, you know, it's a very interesting thing because as a, uh, 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 I don't know what your father did for a living. I don't know what your father did. And my dad was a cashier at a 99 cent store in Inglewood. Okay. So he made 1500 bucks a month. That's not somebody where... You have the pressure of, man, I got to outdo my dad because my dad's last name is Trump, Jordan, Carlson, Obama. You don't have a, a last name that carries the weight. But this guy, his dad was the king of Iran. He started reigning Iran at the age of 21. He becomes the king. Holy He's there for shit. 37 years, bro. Do you know how much he increases the income in Iran in 37 years? Like, what do you think is a good number for you to increase the country's numbers? Give me a number. 20x? 50x? Yeah. Either, 423x? Wow. Jesus. He increases reading from 1% of the population. From what years? 19... So go back 37 years from 79. So what does it make it? If you go back 37, is it uh, 42, 43? Wow. Yeah, and then his father, the Shah's father, was Reza Khan. He was a general, feared, um, like an Alexander uh, type of guy, you know, who was a killer at the same time, feared and respected, a combination of that, and he was in exile all the time. Now, you're the grandson of him, yeah. and you're the son of that being your father, and you're, everybody for 44 years is expecting you to go back and bring freedom to Iran. The pressure's on you no matter where you go. And yesterday, I finally asked him a question. I said, do you want the job? Are you willing to do it because you have to do it? And um, he doesn't want the job. So the, the pressure is like, hey, your dad's Michael Jordan. Right. You're going to be like him? Right. So not everybody's going to relate to that unless people who have had that kind of a shadow before them. It's a shadow why a pastor's preacher's kid does things because everybody's like, your dad's a pastor. You should do good. There's a certain level of pressure that comes with it.
What was it? I know you grew up in Iran. Like, what was it like growing up, growing up there before you moved here? So what was it like? Okay, so I'm, uh, I was born three months after the king got kicked out, okay? So I don't know what that era was like. The era of the 60s and 70s, uh, you know, like think about who's the most beautiful girl in the world today. If you put a name out there, you could say Margot Robbie. You got a lot of names. Who would you say? I'm not going to say on the pod. I can't, I can't shout that like that. Who, who would you say? Uh, Livy Dunn, you know her? Of course. She's <laughs> yeah. gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. But she's up, she's say, don't say her. Give another one that you can give some credit to. Who would it be? Megan Fox was like a smoke back in the day. Okay. So Margot uh, Robbie, Megan Fox, Livy Dunn. I agree. Margot Robbie's that's a, a good smoke lineup. too. I would say Margot Robbie, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. I would oh, say God. Megan Fox, Transformers. Uh, uh, Transformers 1, which insane. Cr- insane. By the way, once her and Shia LaBeouf were out, I'm not interested. Of course. I love Mark Wahlberg. Shia is a... You know. Underrated. You now, ever... now MGK got in there. It's like, what did you right. see? What are you talking about? About Fury? Which part? Wait, was Shia and Fury? No. You never seen Fury? Oh, of course with I've Brad seen Fury Pitt. with Brad Pitt. Yes, in the tank, they're sitting there, and the kid is peeing because he's nervous. They're about to. They, it's a phenomenal movie. They yeah. talked about a story how he's so fucking like dedicated to the game that he felt like his character needed to have a missing tooth, and he yanked his tooth out to get into character on set. He's one of my all-time favorites. All-time Me too. favorites. I love that guy. Did you ever see the movie he did, Acting His Father? Have you ever I seen this? I haven't seen that, no. Oh my gosh. How about Even Stevens? Even Stevens is, which one's the Even show? Stevens? Uh, come on, bro. <laughs> what? That's, those are that, early stages. Yeah, like exactly. A, it was like a kid's movie, a kid's show. Okay. It's, which it's is Disney. great, I don't wanna take that away Got from it. him. Even yeah. but Stevens anyway. is fire. So he did a movie, he did a movie on his father and acting like his father. And there's a scene where he's like 10, 11 years old hooking up with a prostitute at this hotel he's staying at. And then after he's done doing the movie, because his dad was a creative actor, but he was tough. I think Amazon did this movie. Maybe it's called Honey Boy. I don't know if you guys can look it up. I think it's called Honey Boy. And he plays, finishes this movie, and he says, Dad, I want you to be the first person to watch this movie, and I want to watch you. So he puts the movie, imagine you're playing your dad, a complicated human being. He yeah. puts a zoom camera to watch his dad, watching him act him. <sighs> he says it was the most pressured moment of my life. I think he was going around promoting the movie. Phenomenal movie. But anyways, going back to uh, uh, Yeah, we went from Iran. King, yeah, we, king of Iran to <laughs> hottest smoke to, shows in the world. To Margot Robbie <laughs> to, you know. Um, but yeah, so back then, Iran, in the 60s and 70s, the point I was going to make is, Margot Robbie, Fox, you know, Don, Elizabeth Taylor was that in the 70s, in the 60s. In Iran. In, 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 in worldwide. It was her, it was Sophia Loren. Sophia Loren. But was she know. from Iran or was no, she? No, no, she's from the States. Okay. But she was the hottest girl okay. worldwide. She was everyone's fantasy, okay? It's pre your age. This is a long time ago. Elizabeth Taylor is a different story. She was married eight times. The ambassador in Iran to US was dating Elizabeth Taylor. She would go visit him. Frank Sinatra, Davis, all these guys would go to Iran to put concerts because Iran was the place you would go to party. Most people think about Iran, they think desert. Like I remember when I was in the military, they would say, so did you go to school on, on a camel? Did you go to school on a donkey? Like, you know, they think about the, you know, the phrases, camel jockey stuff. Like, I'm like, listen, I've never seen a camel in my life before. I've seen many donkeys. I've just never seen a camel in my life in Iran. Um, and, but Iran has these mountains, snowing, skiing, 
in, like Aspen of Iran is insane. Parties. Really? It was unbelievable. It was one of the top three countries in the world where the rich would go for vacation. Like, you know, people go to the Alps. Iran was one of them. Mm -hmm. Like if you were well, like Iran was Dubai before Dubai was Dubai. Okay? Yeah. yeah. Uh, except Dubai doesn't have the mountains. Dubai doesn't have that. Dubai's flat. Iran has the mountains. And so for me, my memories are post that. I heard those stories. You know, there was a club called Cabaret Tehran. Cabaret Tehran was like Studio 54, incredible nightlife. You'd go there, you had no clue who was gonna be there at any given moment. I was their post, so when Khomeini came through, to us it was war. My, I've never played outside. Like I've ne I have never had permission to play outside as a kid. My dad was worried about, because kids were getting kidnapped and they would steal your, your, uh, your body parts and you would find your kid in a hotel with body parts missing, but they're selling it for a quarter million to men, 100,000 to men, 300,000 to men. That's how money was being made. That was a big business. And who in was Iran, Iran the at war with at the time? Uh, Saddam Hussein. Okay. And uh, it was Iran and Iraq. It was, it was ugly. It was constant so they're war. doing that with kids. They're cutting them open, selling their body parts out like that. Yeah, absolutely. That's... It was a business model back then anymore. So parents feared kids playing outside. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, it, was, it, was a different, it was a different life. But, you know, like a couple things about Iran. When I came to the States and I went to junior high school, Wilson Junior High School in LA, Glendale, and they're giving me math. I'm like, why are we doing math that we did in fifth grade? They're like, no, this is algebra. So no, I get it, but we did this in fifth grade. You did this in fifth grade. What did you do this in fifth grade? In Iran, we were, why are we learning? You were ahead in Iran? Iran's math, the level of advancement in math in Iran is unbelievable. Really? Why, so why? Why do you think that is? Because because the Shah, I mean, it's a tradition that he, you know, he invested billions of dollars in education, and one of the ways he he felt he was going to compete with the world was simply through math. If if we can get our kids to be better in math, everything is math, right? Everything yeah. we're doing right now is math. Angles are math. When you started it, timeline, how long we're going, segment, question you ask sponsors. When you put the sponsor, you put it at three minutes. Do you do your intro first, then you do the sponsor? Everything is math. This is all mathematical formula. So Iran was big on making that investment. And, you know, when you when you come to the States, you're like, wow, you know, you think you're dumb in Iran in math. You come to US, you're like, I'm pretty smart in math. Or am I smart or dumb based on the standards I'm in? So we've dropped the ball in America uh, immensely when it comes down to that. But Iran, they were very much focused on math. And education it was just messy i want to ask you going back to you said your father was a he worked at a or he's a cashier at a 7-eleven or convenience the, uh, store? 99 cent store yes. 99 cent store yes so where did you said your previous interview pressure from the parents where did your pressure come from to become successful i actually had no pressure to become successful uh as a kid my parents never looked at my report cards so i don't i don't have you know you look at my report i have a 1.8 gpa I just loved math. I didn't could care less about anything else. Um, but when I went to the military, uh, uh, right after my mom goes back to Iran, I'm staying at my sister's place. We party till four o'clock in the morning. This is a time where my seven days a week I'm partying. I'm just that's my life, and I did that till about 24, 25, and then one day 25 at a club in uh, L.A. Highlands. Big fight broke out, and I'm like, this is the last time you're gonna find me at a club. Cops arresting us. I'm out. I said, listen, you gotta let me go. But prior to that, I was going to do 20 years in the Army is what I was going to do. Benefits, travel, you know, systems. You have to be at a place, food, chow hall. You do this, you become a sergeant. You do this, you become an E6. You've been in for 10 years, you make $3,200 a month. It's a very predictable 
thing that you can do. So I got in, and then one day, I'm in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Uh, one of my friends calls me, Kogan, and he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm re-enlisting tomorrow. All the orders I wanted, my colonel got me, Colonel Peacox. Um, Sears, DLI, Sears School is a school you go to that they can break small bones because they're teaching you to be a POW, prison of war. It's a very intense school that you go through. They, it used to be very hardcore. So I got DLI, which is I spoke four languages, so I can they can use me for different languages to go, you know, mm -hmm. gives you better points to move up. Um, Special Forces, 18 Delta, 5th Group, and then I was able to go to Vicenza, Italy, which is the base you want to go to. It's like the base to go to. Party, fun, but at the same time, you're in Europe. And I get the orders. Kogan calls me and says, Pat, you should get out of the Army. You can't be re-enlisting. I said, dude, I'm re-enlisting tomorrow for six years. He says, you can't do that. You got to get out. Why? He says, all of our friends, man, we, we think you can do something with your life if you get out. I'm like, nah, man, I'm re-enlisting. He says, I want you to think about it. For one hour, he's pitching me on getting out. Hour later, I'm like going to sleep. I can't even sleep. I wake up in the morning. I go to Colonel Peacock's. I said, Colonel, I hate to disappoint you, but I'm not re-enlisting. And they went to Virginia to get my order. So it was a big deal. Anyways, I get out of the Army. I'm a Hummer mechanic. I can't find a job. There's only one Hummer dealership in uh, not Thousand Oaks or whatever that area, Camarillo area. And then uh, uh, I'm dating a girl, Janvier, who's working at Morgan Stanley Dean with her. I get a job at Morgan Stanley Dean with her the day before 9-11. I get my Series 766 to all these licenses, and I love my job. Then 9-11 happens. And then I leave. I go to Trans. We're at a party. Uh, when I say Trans, I mean Transamerica. Today, you got to be careful when you say I go to Trans because, you know, you could say <laughs> right. Patrick's transitioning. I wasn't. I'm a straight guy, and I'm happy with him. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I go, and, and uh, you asked the question about what got the fire. We're at an Assyrian Christmas party, 25 years old. My dad's going around talking to people. One of the relatives disrespects my dad in front of me in a subtle way mm. because my dad was a guy that helped everybody out, but he lost everything, divorce. So he was kind of like saying, you went from being the guy that was a chemist, now you're a cashier at a 99 cent store, you don't have a wife, you're this, you're that. And I've never felt that kind of a rage in my stomach ever before. I don't want to hurt this guy because he's a sweetheart of a guy. But I hated the fact that somebody talked to my dad that way and he felt he had the permission to talk that way. And I felt like I gave him the permission. My father's only son. I can't even tell you what it did to me. I told my dad we're leaving a party. And he says, we're not leaving. You're at my party. I said, no, we're leaving. We're not going to stay here. He says, no, you're not going to disrespect me. I said, no, dad, we're leaving. We leave. 30 minutes in the car, we're going from Glendale to Granada Hills. We're fighting. I said, I'm going to make sure the world knows your name. I'm going to make sure everywhere you ever go, they're going to know who your son was and how amazing of a father you were. So my dad, a couple weeks ago, he's having heart surgery down the street here. And the doctor comes in. He says, I know who you are. He says, how do you know who I am? He says, because I know your son. And I also know there's only one other nose I've seen that big, and that's your son. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're laughing, they're joking. But, you know, that was the first moment where I'm like, okay, what are you going to do with this fire? And then it wasn't about becoming financially free because you want a big house or a car or all. It was because More and respect. The, the byproduct of that was the money and the wealth. Right. And then it's proven. And then from there on, you have to find new fires to keep going because what are you going to do when you got money in the bank? Now, what are you working for? It's, it's got to be a different reason. Damn, that fired me up. Got me motivated for sure. And then how do you, how do you go and start what you have now with valuetainment and stuff and everything you're doing now? 
Yeah, you know, so there, there's a quote that really messed me up when I was 26. It said, sometimes on a way to a dream, you get lost and find a bigger one. I'm like, what? What's this even mean? You get lost and find a bigger one. I'm like, I want to do financial services till the day I die. I mean, I'm good at it. I'm liking this. This is fun, you know. Um, I'm like, what do you want me to get from this quote? So then 26, 27, 28, 28, I hear the magical words from my parents. I'm proud of you from both of them. Well, you actually believe them. You know how sometimes... Moms will say they're proud of you because they love you. And your dad, if you're Middle Eastern, will never say it. But then I finally heard it and I looked at him and said, I actually believe you. Okay, check. That's been checked off. I wanted to hear that. But 28, um, it's kind of like sitting around saying, what are you going to do? You know, where are you going to go? And I had a handful of people that I respected a lot. They were my advisors. I had a meeting with all of them. And I say, guys, I need your help. I want to know what I do next. And they said, what do you mean? I said, I want to know what I do next. Making money is easy. This is America, capitalism. You can make money if you do your part, but it's got to be more than that. So who's the enemy? You know, what am I fighting for? I got a book coming out on December 5th called Choose Your Enemies Wisely, Business Planning for the Audacious Few. I think three components of somebody that does something very big with their lives. One, they experienced unconditional love from one person. You only need one person to give you unconditional love. For you to know that's possible and it exists. Normally it's someone's mom. But you need, meaning you can get arrested. You can do anything you're doing. That person's going to love you no matter what. You have to experience that. Number to two, be successful. You have to have that. Because you have to know that it's worth the pain. Love is worth the pain you're going to go through in the chaotic times. The second thing you need is hardcore betrayal and pain from someone you loved. So you love somebody so much, but no matter what you do, you're never going to get this person. No matter what you do. I don't know if you guys have read Elon like Musk's book or not. It could be a female. It could be a father. Yeah. It could be a mother. It could be a uncle. It could be, a, it could be anything. But it's pain. Pain. So you're constantly in, engaged and proven to this person that you're worthy, but no one knows. It's a secret between you and that person. It's a relationship. And you're never going to win, but you need it. And the last one is the right enemy. Most people don't choose the right enemy. Most people choose a dumb enemy that gets them for three months or three weeks or a couple of years and even brings out the bad side of you. But if you get the right enemy going, it can bring out a whole different side of you. So, you know, going back to what you're talking about, the plan or the vision and the wealth, I'm going there. I decide what I want to do. Um, I realize in insurance, it's a very small space. Nobody knows the best insurance agent. If I told you right now who's the best insurance agent, you would laugh at me. Like, what is, you know, who is that? Right. No one knows. There's no sports center. Da -na -na, da -na -na. You know, this guy wrote 72 policies tonight. But media is the way to go. And at the time, I didn't know what I was going to do with media, but I watched it. And then in 2012, 2013 is when I started the YouTube channel kind of testing out content on business. And then maybe we can turn this into a media company. Now we turn into a full-fledged consulting firm. Our consulting firm will be a a billion dollar consulting company probably within two years, two and to three years later. consulting for what? For businesses, for, for CEOs, businesses. executive, okay. you know, helping you raise money, putting your pitch deck together. Um, you know, you're having challenges with your partner being the mediators there or strategy for your comp plan on so how to put the variable. So that's a whole separate thing from the media that side. That nobody knows well, about. I didn't know that yet. Oh yeah, that nobody how knows about. How many clients do you guys have for that? Probably have 3,000 clients for wow. that. Wow. Yeah, 3,000 clients for that. And, and how many like employees does it take to run that? Not, not a lot. That's only 100 employees you need for something like that. But um, yeah, the consulting side is a, is a blast. And the reason why that's a lot of fun, it's because you, you know how the people who win the votes are the guys that are out there talking to people. Yeah. Like for example, Tucker's talking to people. 
If Trump announced that Tucker's going to be the VP, would you be surprised? Would you say, why would he choose him? You'd say, no, I get it. Yeah. Because he's shaking hands. He's going to Spain. He's going I'd to I'd be pretty surprised. Why? You think that's coming? I think an alliance was built six months ago. And, I, and I said this on podcasts and, and the video, everybody was talking about it. I said, I think when I made the $100 million offer to Tucker and he turned it down and went to Twitter with Elon, you know what he said to me? This what? is how I took it. I took it as Elon's retweet is worth more than my $100 million, uh -huh. which it is, by the way. Yeah. Okay. If Elon told you right now, every episode you put on Twitter, he's going to retweet your first episode there for 52 weeks, yeah. kind of eyeballs you're going to get there. It's going to be insane. So if you said, I'll put it there first, then I can put it everywhere else, it's pretty powerful. So then I saw the alliance being built with him, Elon, and Tucker. It was either Tucker's going to run in 2028, but Tucker's going to help um, Trump for 2024, or Tucker's going to be the VP. But if that were to happen, it would be bonkers. I don't yeah. think Tucker's going to be the VP. I don't know if he's going to be the VP. All I'm saying is he has definitely got to be one of the candidates for Trump to consider as a VP. He's really? got to. He has to consider that as a short list of five to ten names. He has to. You know why? Here's why. I love Tucker, but he seems like he's like also super divisive too. Well, I'll tell you why. I think Tucker could play. Well. I love him, but I'm just trying to think on no, how to win. But. And I love. Let's let's have that. Uh, let's have that banter. That's great. Um, so in your mind, you would think. You know, he would need to go get like more like a Mike Pence when Trump announced Pence as the VP. None of us knew who he was. You're like, Mike who? Right. Mike Pence. Who's Mike Pence? And I go, oh, Indiana? Oh, I had no clue. Okay. Why would he choose him? Well, because he needs to win the state and et cetera. So, okay, great. Get it. But this time around for Trump to pick a VP, he's not picking it because he wants a Mike Pence. He's got to pick a VP that he knows can be replacing him for eight years to continue what he's doing. So you're not picking a VP for a low-key, chill, easy-going person that's not going to be... You're picking somebody that's going to replace you afterwards for eight years. So the strategy to picking a VP has got to be different than it was in 2016. And I think Tucker's formidable. And Tucker has an alliance to Elon. And uh, that alliance with Elon... Elon, I don't know if he's fully yet on Team Trump because he started off with DeSantis... And he's kind of like right now sitting around, see what he's going to do. I think Elon is and still they got a free some agent. They got some personal, they do. Yeah, personal they do. like they who's do. Dick's bigger kind of beef. That's right? right. That's right. Which we'll never know who's Dick's bigger, by yeah. the way. But what will happen is, you know, Tucker could be the mediator to be like, hey, guys, America's bigger than this. Let's figure this thing out. It's either what are you going to do, Elon? You're going to waste your vote and go vote for Biden or Newsom or Kamala or what are you going to vote for? And none of these other guys are fighters. Why don't we make it work? I think that's the battle Elon's going with, but uh, that could happen. And by the way, everything I said, it's also very likely none of what I just said could happen. Politics is very I unpredictable. See I can't see Tucker. I'd be, I'd be pretty surprised. Tucker would be that. the first president to pack a Zin in the Oval Office, right? Yeah. Tucker would be what? To pack a Zin. Oh, yeah, got it. You know he loves the yeah, Zins, Yeah, I right? see that we everywhere. Just, we were at the fight yeah. last week, and then Trump was there, Tucker was there, Kid Rock. I saw that. And they were all... I saw it that. was like the Republican Avengers. What'd you think about that? How was it? It was cool. We've had Tucker on the pod too, and he's super he's cool, just down to earth, cool ass guy. But who did you have that didn't like him that afterwards liked him? Like, did you have anybody that's like, man, guys, I don't, I don't like this guy. And then afterwards they're like, dude, he was actually pretty cool. Like our, as of our fans? From, from or your just, guys, or from your, your, your crew. I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think anyone disliked him before, but after that, it just showed how 
cool he is and like how much of a real guy he is you know oh, our fans love Tom. yeah our fan, our fans love but that's him. what i'm saying what but what i'm saying is for those that are on the edge they're kind of like i don't know man if you spend time with them you'll like them right so you know that's the part where you're winning people over when you sit down with them that's why i said elon tucker and trump there's an alliance there being built, and it's a very strong alliance. That who else do you think, think could be potential VPs? Who else do I think could be potential? Pending Trump wins the nomination. Well, I mean, okay, so if you go strategically, you have to go with states. Okay, so Arizona, Kerry, you know, if you want to go with, like if you go with uh, Nome, Dakota, he doesn't need Dakota, right? Is he going to go? But if he gets uh, Nome, she's very attractive, very well-spoken, solid, so it could be good for the women vote, okay? I think some of the stuff Haley is doing, he can't pick Haley because she is too establishment, war, 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 kill him, take him out, and Trump's not giving that kind of an answer. So I think Haley just lost the job. Uh, I don't think Vivek brings anything new as a VP that Trump's not already doing, as much as I like Vivek. Um, what's Vivek going to bring to the table? He's, they're too aligned. He has to bring an audience that Trump doesn't already have. That's yeah. why I think Tucker could bring an audience with Elon that that could be a good alliance. Uh, but Tucker could also be a person that plays a advisor, doesn't do that. That could also be a role that he could play. Um, there's a lot of names being dropped, but all I'm thinking is he's got to pick somebody that's got to go eight because he's only got four. When you're on your second term, you're not... Um, you know what it's like? It's kind of like this. Say you guys have happy dad right now and you guys own it all right and then you have certain things that you want to do that maybe you're not yet fully doing okay because you have certain amount of money but then you go and you raise 50 million bucks you go and raise 100 million dollars now you're not worried about money so now you can test the thing that you really wanted to test but you couldn't test it with your own 18 million bucks you had in the bank hypothetically what i'm, I'm mm -hmm. saying that the second term you can play more aggressive than first term money right it's a second term. So second term, it's like, hey, because you'd be in jail, nothing happened. Hey, because we'd get Mexico to build a wall. It didn't fully get done yet. Why though? Was he being too diplomatic, even himself? You know, Trump is so, so competitive sometimes that he also wants to convert people he doesn't think he can convert into liking him and supporting him. He's that competitive. So but there's certain people you're just not going to win over. I think this term, it's going to be Here's what we're doing day one. Boom, 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 boom. Because guess what? I don't give a shit if I get reelected. Because I don't need to get reelected. It's my second term. So your VP needs to be very important to take the reign after you. If you get somebody that's too soft and can't be a president four years later, he has to think like a Reagan. Senior became the uh, president four years later. He has to think of it like a Lincoln. Ulysses S. Grant became a two-term president and he was his VP. You have to think like a Obama, Biden became a president. You have to think like whoever's going to be after you instead of just you. But again. You think Trump thinks like that or he just thinks I got to do whatever it takes to win? I yeah. don't think he thinks like that. I don't think he thinks like that. Trump's uh, usually thinking about himself most of the time, right? That's the, the, but it's not that he's usually thinking about himself. Look, there's, there's something that. Uh, I think he just misses that chair in the White House. Yeah, right? I, I think so too. <laughs> you know what it is? How selfish is good? Is it good to be selfish or is it good to be selfless? That's the real question, right? Yeah. Like, what does a person who's 100% selfless and 0% selfish look like? An idiot. 
What is actually think about it? Probably yeah. not very successful. Right? Probably not very. Well, what else though? Is that person a net positive to society? No. Probably not. Do they smell good? Probably not. Why would they smell good? <laughs> because smelling good is a part of being selfish. Mm -hmm. Would they take care of their face or what they wear or how they present them? Probably not, because they don't give a shit. They're selfless. Now go to a person that's hundred percent selfish. What do they look like? You're gonna use words like what? Narcissist. They're this. They're that. What does a hundred percent selfish person look like? There's plenty of them today. They're what they look like physically. They're like a little bit too much. I had a friend who was so good looking and handsome. One day we're going to a nightclub. He, he would shave. You know these guys who do their goatees flawless, perfectly? You know those guys? Like the line is like chiseled line? Yeah. His line was a little bit off. He <laughs> says, you know, I just asked that girl. She don't want to dance with me. my goatees off. That's why. I said, bro, you're the best looking guy in the club. What are you talking about? He says, no, she could tell my goatee. I said, it's dark. Nobody could tell your goatees off. But the 100% selfish guy. Probably just because he had a goatee in general. <laughs> Probably yeah. because he had a goatee. <laughs> but the 100% selfish guy's like... Dude, you don't want that person as a friend. You don't want him as a spouse. You don't want him as a father. You don't want that person. But it's still a bigger net positive to society than the 100% unselfish person. Yeah. Because at least they're taking care of themselves, right? Mm. The right balance is 70-30. You can debate Trump is 80-20. You can debate Trump is 90-10. The right leader is a person that's typically 65-70 selfish, 30% selfless. And... I think Trump flirts with being higher than that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting sure. to see what happens. Do you, do you prefer Trump wins or, or do you think DeSantis still even has a chance? We had DeSantis on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was an interesting uh, conversation. It was the first time I saw him kind of getting comfortable and loose and talking. But, um, you know, like it, it, I'll give you one perfect example. I asked DeSantis, I showed him the clip about his boots because they say he wears high heels. And I said, how tall are you? He says, 5'11". Okay, there's pictures online of his marriage with him and his wife. And they're the same height. And she's 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, maybe she's wearing heels, maybe he's 5'8". Okay, there's pictures of him playing baseball. There's pictures of him when he was younger. After 21 years old, how many more inches do you grow after 21, right? Mm -hmm. And he wears these boots and it just doesn't look good, right? So this hashtag for two days was trending called Bootgate after we did the podcast. And I asked him a question and I gave him a box of Ferragamo's, his shoe size. I said, I'd love to see you wear dress shoes and tennis shoes. And he says, I can't accept a gift. You know why I was doing that? I was doing that for there to be a moment of levity and self-deprecation for the audience to be like, you know what? I like him. Let me give him a chance. He's a human like me. Because when Trump went on Jimmy Fallon, he says, hey, Jimmy, uh, Trump, they say your hair is a toupee. He said, my hair's not a toupee. It's my hair. He says, you sure? Can I touch it? He says, well, I'm about to go to a fundraising at Rhode Island. I just hope the people in Rhode Island know if my hair is messed up, it's because of Jimmy. He goes like this. You know what Jimmy does? Have you seen this? I he messes so. with his hair. He pulls his hair. He says, no, it's real. Guess what? Done. The world watching and said, no, he thought he was an uptight you know, guy. He let Jimmy play with his hair? What was that all about? These are moments where people kind of say, He's like me. DeSantis' challenge is my opinion, and I asked him, I could be wrong. You ever met people that grew up in an environment where they were walking on eggshells with a father or a mother that every, hey, yeah. Dude, and that kid grows up like, hey, if you ever want to be a president, you better make sure you don't do this or send this text or send that email with this picture because God forbid, one day comes back, dude, that kind of a life is a miserable life. I watched DeSantis, 
I watched somebody who was walking on eggshells. So you don't think he has that personal, that personability quality to be he hasn't shown electable? It. Unfortunately, he hasn't shown it. Right. Yeah, he hasn't really. He hasn't shown it. And you have to have it. Yeah, Obama had it. Yeah, uh -huh. And by the way, here's why though, okay? So on this podcast, who's who's the main core uh, pillar of this podcast? You, right? Both of us. In every platform, there's somebody that's the dog, that's the leader, and somebody that's the flag carrier. You have to ask yourself, are you in the flag carrier community or the alpha? So now there's levels to this. What does this mean? Obama was the alpha. Biden was the flag carrier. Biden became a president. Reagan was the alpha. George Bush Sr. was the flag carrier. He became a president. Paul George the other day, I don't know if you know Paul George, basketball player, mm -hmm. he says one of the sickest things the other day on his podcast. He does podcasts with a, 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 a friend of mine's son, Dallas. Dallas is a freaking talent. I love Dallas. And he says, you know what I, it took me 10 years to realize? I can never win a championship as number one. Who Paul, said that, Paul George? Paul George. Can you imagine one of the best players ever who has scored 50 points, God knows I'm averaging 28 points a game. You don't think you can win a championship as a number one? Do you know what level of maturity and wisdom it takes to say that? Who couldn't say it? Westbrook and others couldn't say it for the longest time. That's that 30% selfless, right? That's the part. So Durant even can't win as a number one. Durant didn't win as a number one, not at OKC, not at Nets. Not in Damon's way, he was number one. At, he was never number one at Golden State. He was freed by Steph Curry, but he's never won as a number one. Steph Curry is a number one. Draymond Green is a flat carrier. I don't know if he was freed by that, though, because he got a lot of hate for doing that. Well, because he wanted to prove to the world that he was number one, and he hasn't proven yet that he can win without a Steph Curry. Right. He couldn't do it with Kyrie. Everybody's put a team around him. My point I'm trying to make to you is DeSantis has to ask himself, is he a flat carrier, president? You can still be a president, but Trump's an alpha. So he could have easily been the guy to help Trump be a flag carrier, and then he could have ran 2028. He would have gotten MAGA. But because of the way he took his position, unfortunately, I don't think MAGA, majority of MAGA is not going to forgive him. And I they're going to remember that forever to come. I wonder why he made that decision, because that would have been such a formidable duo. Trump-DeSantis 2024. Oh, and dude, you think there's no chance that that still happens? Well, I asked him, I said, when's the last time you called Trump? I don't need to call him. I said... Would you be willing to go have a meeting with Trump at Mar-a-Lago? I'm not going to fly out to him. I'll get on a call. Can't say stuff like that. You're not the alpha. You can't talk to an alpha like that. He's the alpha. You're not. So, you know, like, it, it, who's the alpha in UFC? Like, it, as a guy that runs the show. Dana. Dana's an alpha. By the way, is it even a question that he's an alpha? No. He's the guy. You don't tell, well, Dana better this. What are you talking about? You go build a company from $2 million and two, a $10 billion company with all the bullshit every time you're being criticized, taking shots, he's the alpha. He'll take the arrows, he'll go after media, he'll do all of that, right? So it's almost immature to think you're at that alpha's level. And the only reason somebody does this in life, we've all fallen for this, and it's so problematic when you fall for this spell. It's one of the worst spells you ever fall for. So for example, somebody comes into you you guys have a good relationship, let's just say. But somebody comes into you and says, you know what, man? He would have never made it without you. It's because of you. Forget about what everybody says. You're the guy that's doing it. And they flatter, 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 flatter. And then all of a sudden, you guys get into a fight. He doesn't know why you're fighting. Because somebody whispered in your ear that you're more important than him. They made, they made a division here. Why are they doing that? 
but it's been done for many times. It's not well, hard to do. That happens all the time. That happens all the time. But With you got to be for sure. You you got to be you you you've been around the block. You, yeah. You're everywhere. You've been around for. You've been getting views for a long time. Way before some of us got started, you were getting. That's what happens in our group too. I know it happens. It's like if I'm out, everyone's gonna say, "Oh, Kyle, you're the funniest." Blah blah blah. If it's Steve, they're probably saying the same thing to him. Probably Steiny. Like, and then you start to hear all that shit, and it slowly creeps up on you. And you're right; it can create these little divides. There's no question it's about crazy it. Crazy. There's how and it by, works. happens in marriage. Happens in that happens in everything. Every I mean, team. Yeah. Yeah. Teams. Yeah. But guess what though? But guess what? Though? Amongst the three of you, one of you has to be the leader. It can be a 33, 33, 33. One has to be the shot caller. This doesn't mean you have to agree 100%. Someone needs to be the shot caller. Um, someone, I believe, was in DeSantis's ear so much saying, you're better, you're better, you're better, you're better, you're better, so much feeding him that he fell for flattery, thinking he's the alpha. And I even asked him, I said, do you think, um, you know, Without Trump's three tweets, when you barely won the first time as a governor by 34,000 votes, do you think you would have won without the tweet? In his book, he says, Trump helped me win the governorship. In the interview, he says, no, I would have still won. You can't say that. You can't say that because it's not true. Like, in your career, who's giving you your biggest break? I mean, Dana's definitely Dana, helped yeah. us a lot. Imagine if you say, without Dana, you know, we don't need Dana's help. Boys, this episode is sponsored by Shopify. Shopify is an all-in-one e-commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. If you're inspired to start a new business venture this year, you guys gotta try Shopify. Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your in-person or e-commerce business without the struggle. Shopify is the global e-commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million order stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. So whether you're offering custom stickers from Shopify's in-person POS system or selling sunglasses on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are in good hands. By now it's clear, you boys know that I love Shopify. We've used Shopify's e-commerce platform from the very beginning to sell full send and happy dad gear hosted on our website. My favorite thing about Shopify is no matter how big you wanna grow, it gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US. They're truly a global force powering millions of entrepreneurs of every size across over 170 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. So boys, if you're thinking of starting a business, doing anything, get something going, you can go to shopify.com slash full send and sign up for a $1 per month trial, period. So all lowercase, go to shopify.com slash full send and take your business to the next level today. What are you talking about? It's, it's, it's a little bit, uh, there's words for it that can be used. And I think it's more than arrogant. It's ungrateful. It's unattractive, you know, to to not want to give that. So again, I don't know politics. The one thing about politics is this: it's a little different though in that in that regard, right? <clears throat> Where he just doesn't maybe doesn't want to look weak, and he thinks, "Yo, I actually can't compete with this guy." Yeah, I I get that that there's an element of that, but diplomacy requires you to. How are you going like, to? Get... You don't see that often in politics where people give others credit that they're competing against right what you do though when reagan won presidency the day he won he's given his inauguration speech and you know khomeini throws all the prisoners of war back to iran and release back to us and releases them reagan in his speech says i want to thank 
President Carter for this because this is his doing. And it's a, he gave credit to the, that was around, that element works because, and why did Reagan do that? Because he needs Carter. Mm-hmm. He's going to need Carter to call and say, hey man, what do you think about this guy when you were dealing with him? Right. You know, like look what Kobe did. Kobe did it the right way. Kobe, everybody knew, wanted to kill Michael. But Kobe still had a relationship with Michael where he could call and have the conversations with him. There needs to be that diplomacy and credit being given because it's attractive. People like it. What do parents want at the end of the day? What do parents want from us? What do we want from our kids? Just give me a little bit of credit. Yeah. You know, without my dad, without this, without that, they want a little bit of credit, right? That's all they're looking for. And if you do that, I think Trump would flip and come in. And by the way, I think Trump will forgive even if DeSantis starts now. But I think DeSantis has to take the first step, not Trump. Such a crazy thing. And then what do you think? Do you think that Biden's going to be the one to run or do you think that Newsom's going to step in? So here's the... Because isn't he doing a one-on-one with DeSantis soon? Yeah, he is. He's doing a one-on-one with DeSantis and Fox. Yeah, That's going to be crazy. That's going to be crazy. But again, you you know who wins there? Who wins? DeSantis or Newsom? Who wins? Actually think about that. I think Newsom wins. I mean, I think you're saying Newsom, but I don't know. No, but but I'm not asking the question of who wins the debate. Right, who gets the W for doing Just it. Just the fact that one got the other one to do it, who won there in negotiation? Yeah, probably Newsom for, for in the current state of things. Why Newsom, though? I mean, he gets that exposure that he couldn't but, really get. Right, but, but why, why does Newsom get the credit instead of DeSantis? Actually think about it. You, you know what it's kind of like? What's your favorite sport? What sport do you guys like the most outside of UFC? What do you like the NFL. most? NFL? Yeah. Okay. Imagine you are the Eagles. Okay. You're in the playoffs. All right. Arizona Cardinals convince you to play a game with them while the playoffs are going on on a Thursday night. What are you talking about? You're giving eyeballs to who? Arizona's not in the playoffs. Newsom's not in the playoffs. What are you doing this for? That's a massive victory for Newsom, not DeSantis. DeSantis should have done that a year ago. Because a year ago, that was the time to do the debate because everybody was talking about California and uh, uh, Florida. It was a phenomenal time to do it, and he wasn't running yet. So if he would have done that, then he would have beaten Newsom. Then he runs. People are like, yeah, this is great. Now you're only going to lose. There is no winning here because Newsom's not a candidate. Isn't he already going to lose? Like he's technically going to lose the nominee right now too. So you could argue that he's. this could be – this could be a big moment for him to say, listen, they're going to run Newsom. I just destroyed him in a debate. Yeah, and It's kind of like he's on his last legs, right? So so check this out. You guys, how do you judge when a YouTube channel is dying? When it's views. views. Okay. So how many guys do you know that you're like, oh my God, look at that guy. Oh, 100,000 subs, half a million subs, million subs. So you're going to be on to view. 300,000, 300,000, 300,000 views. Every 600,000, 600,000. So 1.2 million. Did you see 2.8 million? And then all of a sudden, 62,000 views, 32,000 views, 17,000 views, 13,000 views, 18,000 views, 19,000 views. You used to get a lot of eyeballs. What happened all of a sudden? People have checked out. Mm. So the way you judge it is, go look at DeSantis's last 10 interviews and what he has to say. Go look at RFK's last 10 interviews. Go look at Vivek's last 10 interviews. Go look at Newsom's last 10 interviews. You know who's the lowest out of the four? DeSantis is the lowest. Because he's repeating the same thing. So because he's repeating the same thing. He's just boring to watch, too. Boring to watch. It's like, I already know what you're going to say. Yeah. How many of these motivational YouTubers were saying the same thing they said 10 years ago? They're saying to them, the audience has grown up. And they're like, look, man, you don't want to talk politics? I like Nelk Boys. 
I like what these guys are. They're willing to. You, you guys will. Your your mainstream. Your brand is mainstream, right? But at the same time, you don't give a shit. You'll have Tucker here. Yeah, well, you'll have anyway. But the point I'm trying to make to you is that shows what to your brand. Brass balls. And the market looks at it and says, I don't agree with this person they're having on. But what they have to agree with is what give you credit that you have brass. There are certain people, when you gauge those eyeballs, you know, he's just not, he's just not getting those eyeballs. Thanks, brother. Sam, thank you. So that's that's the that's the issue there. You know, you one in analytics nowadays, you guys are analytics, you're I'm sure everything's analytics. Mm -hmm. If you put all these guys at analytics and look at the last one hundred clips and then choose the top five best clips on each, there's no not much interest on what DeSantis has to say because it's been the same thing the last hundred times. But yeah. you think Newsom steps in or or but they I run think Biden? Newsom is unpredictable. You know, you know who we love to follow. I feel like they have to run him. But here's How the problem. How could Biden they, possibly win? Here's the only thing. If you can figure this thing out, I'm about to give you, Newsom can run. You ready? This is the biggest problem Newsom has and the Democratic Party has for having Newsom run. If Newsom runs as a president, that means Kamala has to sit down. If Kamala right. has to sit down, now Republicans has a, have an easy card to say the group that talks about their four women. And therefore, you know, African-Americans and therefore this, they just asked the VP who was the most formidable qualified candidate after the president to be the president. They asked her to sit down and they call themselves Democrats. If Newsom ran as a president and they asked Kamala to sit down or go away, it is the easiest playbook for the right to keep playing. That debate's going to be nasty towards the Democratic Party. Nasty. So... That's the biggest problem they're facing. They have to find a, and by the way, they're creative enough. Well, they'll come with a way. It could be something that she has to come out. So the way this works out the right way is, you know, we're having some personal challenges in my family with my kids. And although I love my country and this is, this is, I will give anything to it, but I have to choose my family. This is what Biden it, would say? No, that's what Kamala has uh. to say. That's what Kamala, and I know you're thinking Biden has, Biden's going to have health issues. With Biden, his wife's got to come out and say, look, you know, I sat down and I had to talk to my husband and, you know, as a wife and a doctor, our priority right now, I feel like my husband's done enough for this country, given 47 years of his life or whatever the amount of years is, it's time to be a grandfather. And as much as he wants to do it, we had a family meeting and we told him, no, honey, you can't run anymore. We'll, we'll fall for that. Like, we'll be like, oh, wow, what a no. Well, we all see it too. It actually is what should happen. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But now go find a way to spin it with Kamala. How do you spin it? Spin that one. That's a tough spin. Biden's spin is easy. Yeah. Kamala's spin? <laughs> yeah, it's scientific. I mean, you got to be like, and by the way, they're, smart, they're, they're creative enough and deceptive enough to figure out a way. But that's what they're probably working on right now because they know it's catastrophic. Five out of six states that are the ones that are going to determine who's going to be a president, on all polls pretty much, is showing Trump ahead of Biden. Yeah. Five out of those six states. So the Dems are not going to sit there and take it. They got to do something, but I guarantee you in their, in their strategy meetings, they're figuring out a way to get Kamala to come out and step away. And I don't think she's going to do it. Such a crazy time right now too, with everything yeah. going on in the world. I feel like this, this is, could be the last kind of chance for America. It seems like it's just, seems like it's slowly fall, falling apart. You ever feel like that? I do. Um, but also at the same time, you know, here's what's going on. Which is, which is wild. So five years ago, were you guys doing podcasts? No. When did you start doing podcasting? I think like two years, two years ago. ago. Okay. 
And how rapidly has the podcast climbed? It climbed quick because we already had our mother channel, which was the lifestyle channel that we used to push the podcast. So and, pretty quick. And a recognizable brand. We recognize you. Right, we yeah. know you, right? Because we've seen you so many times. Five years ago, did you think you would have political people on your podcast? Definitely. Not, not people that we've had, yeah. So, but what flipped? Because it's a decision you made. What caused you to make that decision? I think we've always like had those views and stuff, but honestly, just the opportunity. Okay. Pretty much. What, was there ever a conversation about the risk of doing so? Was there ever like, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think the first okay. time, the right. first, time first time we linked Trump. with Trump, there, it was definitely like a little bit of backlash. When they took it down 24 hours later, all of that? Or? Yeah. yeah. Well, the first time we met him was we went on Air Force One with Dana. So Sick. that was the time right before the election. That was the time. So we got a bit of backlash, but we just didn't really care. Like, we just kind of feel the way we feel. Bingo. And, yeah. Bingo. Yeah. That's the part. So, so the people who have the voice, who were worried about saying anything or taking positions, no longer give a shit, and now they're being vocal. That's a problem for the other side. Because now we're finding each other. Mm -hmm. And the people who are like us, you know what our way is? The DNA of people who are waking up and finding each other we're typically a community of people that lift each other up. How you doing? You guys got this going awesome. How can I support? Let's collaborate. Let's do this. Let's do that. We're doers. We'll go make the money. We're doing our part. But, you know, for the mo longest time, the saying is what? Never talk politics. Never talk religion. Never talk this. And that's been fed over and over and over again. You never do that with your YouTube channel or podcast. Trust me, you're going to lose half the audience. Da -da -da. But no, I think, I think the reason why I have a lot of hope for the future of America is because the right people are finding each other and they're they're united and they're setting aside ambitions and they're saying, nah, man, listen, you're for freedom, I'm for freedom, let's roll, let's go. Good, good, let's roll. That's what's happening. Freedom fighters finding each other. Freedom fighters for the longest time, if there's not a reason to fight for freedom, guess what we do? We go have our babies, we go have our own ambitions, we go buy our farm, we go buy whatever it was, for years, even, we go do our thing. But if, God forbid, you screw around with that, then all of a sudden, you, you ever seen the movie Troy where, you know, war, he's with, hooking up with a girl in a tent and they come out and say, hey, Achilles, such and such happened. He looks at the girl and gets up and goes, does the fight, kills him. Thousands of Achilles have been woken up the last six, seven years. And these are guys that are doing their thing and you don't even know who they are. They're just kind of minding their own business. So my confidence comes from the fact that you don't wake up true believers, and they have. There are bullies that seem like they're the toughest people out there in the marketplace that intimidate people, but they're not. The, the toughest people are the people that are not afraid of facing bullies. Right. And the people that are not afraid of facing bullies are now waking up, coming together and saying, you're not going to do this to America. You're just not going to do it. And by the way, 2024, I call 2023 in, in November of last year, the year of investigations. I said everyone's getting investigated. This is going to be a shitty year in investigations. 2024, I'm calling the year of chaos. It's going to be the most chaotic year of our lifetime. Super know, chaotic. Are you seeing what's going on DSC yesterday? The, the cops and all that stuff. And, you know, oh, it, it, my God. Was that with the senator? Oh, it was. There was almost a fight in the Senate here? Yeah, yeah of course. I couldn't even believe that was real. The protesting, the riots outside about Palestine. Did you guys see that? What happened that. yesterday? Uh -uh. At the DNC headquarters. Okay. So Israel, Palestine, Hamas, Biden can't lower the temperature with that. Yeah, don't, 
Does you, that is that not crazy to you that that's happening in this country like harder than it is anywhere else? I think it's happening everywhere. It's happening. But I mean, in Europe. you you see it. Maybe it's just because of what I see on like my phone and on socials. But it's no, those are going on everywhere around the world. No, I get that, but they're pretty powerful here, which is a little bizarre. So maybe what you're saying is, you know, it, it, they are going everywhere, but and it's in America, it's never been this bad. And it's okay. So why though? Why? Were, were you raised with a strong father, or was he pretty chill? Pretty strong. Pretty strong. How was your pops? In the middle. In the middle. Yeah. Could you get away with shit? Or no. Would he if put I did something fucked, that's okay. when he would be. So he'd fucking kill me. But what happened when he when our father was away? What do we feel like we could do? Anything. We, so my parents got a divorce twice, right? When they got a divorce when I was ten years old, and that's the last time they were together. My mom one day we're in the living room, she hits me because I came late or something, and then her hand hurts. Fourteen, I said, "Mom, what are you doing?" But in that moment, my mom could no longer tell me what to do. I'd come home at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. What are you going to tell me? You can't tell me anything because it wasn't somebody I feared, right? Just like a boy needs love, fear, and respect. They need somebody to love, somebody to fear, somebody to respect. Typically, love comes mom, fear and respect comes with dad. And if you can love, you feel love from dad, even better, right? But we need somebody to fear and respect, okay? As much as we need somebody to fear and respect, in order for a company a country, a city, mayor, governor, state, president, country, that leader needs to impose fear and respect into everybody. Yeah. Which of those two does Biden impose? Fear or respect? Neither. Exactly. So guess what happens when you can't impose fear and respect? Bullies wake up. Tyrants wake up. And they're able to take advantage of you. Nobody fears or respect America today. Nobody even likes us today. Yeah. By the way, likability is the last one. If you can't get a president like Reagan was a trifecta, Reagan was all three. They liked him, they feared him, and they respected him. You wanted to have dinner with him, but you don't want to cross him, but you respected him as a man as well. This guy's somebody, right? We don't have any of those three today, okay? Uh, and some would say with Trump, well, you didn't have likability with Trump, but you had fear and respect. Say what you want. You better fear and respect the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, you're going to do something, Hassan Soleimani, boom. The guy that was a leader of six proxy militaries, he called himself the most powerful general in the Middle East, he kills him, and then it's like, do something. And Iran retaliates and bombs a building in a military base that they knew was empty just to say, we retaliated. No, he didn't. Why not? Because you know the guy is crazy enough to do something to you if you even touch him. We need to hurry up with this next election and get somebody that's feared and respected or else shit show is going to get even worse. And I think 2024 is going to be really the year where America needs to go back to being feared and respected. That's why it's a very important election. But it's going to be chaos. Scary time around the world. I mean, you got the Ukraine-Russia war, and now with the tension now in the Israel-Palestine thing, it's just taken, it seems like there's different sides forming and different regions of war going on now, right? Yeah. Like there's multiple I think this is the first time that I've noticed that people are actually starting to change their political opinion. Like, I've noticed a lot more people are starting to go more right just because this shit's getting so out of hand that I've never seen anything like that, like, as I've grown up. I think even the companies are learning where the money's at, too. I mean, you saw the whole Bud Light thing, too, right? I think the companies are now seeing, like, oh, you know what? We can't go this left or we're going to start losing money. I think the Bud Light thing was the first example of that. And now even YouTube, we used to deal with more censorship on YouTube three years ago than we do now. I mean, you couldn't even make a trans joke three years ago you would get 
No, you're right. I knew because I know we've been doing the shit. Yeah. You could not do anything trans related, right. nothing. You can't even touch yeah. it, talk about it. Now, like, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. So I even know YouTube is actually becoming more lenient because they're seeing what happened with X and stuff. And they're saying, you know what? We can't we can't go this far left or we're going to lose money. So you said something very important, though. The, the, why did that happen, though? YouTube came up with a uh, email to users saying, hey, we typically would have taken down uh, questions about the election integrity, but moving forward, we're leaving those videos up. That's what? why. That's why we got our first Trump interview yeah. deleted. Because yeah, it, it was only because because of, of, of election fraud. So talk. and now they reverse that. You're allowed to question the election. Now. So so think about that. So you may have been one of the reasons why they did that because that interview goes up. Like, why are you taking it down? You know, why are you taking it down? Six million views and whatever hours you guys got and all this stuff. It's like, why are you taking that part down? But you know, this is what prevails though. Common sense eventually prevails and bad ideas get exposed, 100%. The other day, this guy named Professor Scott Galloway, I don't know if you know who he is or not, he's like a, he's like a god in NYU, professor, liberal side. He had a <clears throat> CNN Plus, gave him a million bucks to do a show. Obviously, CNN Plus went out of business. But he's on Bill Maher. And he's there with Andrew Cuomo. And Scott is saying, well, look, yes, we made a mistake with the vaccine and the shutdowns, but this is the time for people to show grace, and we need grace. And no, 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 grace, he kept using the word grace, I'm sorry. Where was your grace when people disagreed with you? Where was your grace when Elon Musk was buying 9.6% of Twitter and he says he's lying, he's full of shit, he's got all of you guys fooled, he doesn't wanna buy it, he's just playing games with all of you guys. Elon makes an offer to buy the entire company. Watch him bail out. He's not going to buy it. Watch, he's going to use us as an excuse to not buy it. He doesn't have the balls to buy it. What does Elon do? He buys it. After he buys it, what does Galloway do? Keep trashing him over and over and over and over again. Where was your grace, guy? So th th there's, there's an element where their ideas got exposed to say stay home. The same guys that were for shutting down and having everybody stay home with their kids as the same attorney a surgeon general that comes out and says, there's this thing called a loneliness epidemic. You're the reason why there's a loneliness epidemic. You're the reason why kids were staying home. You're the reason why people couldn't go see people in states like California and New York. You're the reason why this happened. And now they're getting exposed. So then what happens after somebody's getting exposed? It's accountability. The accountability part has to happen. If the accountability part doesn't happen, you know in China, the first thing they had to figure out for capitalism to work, what can capitalism not work without? What do you need for capitalism to work? You need what? Think about it. People will say, well, you need money. Well, you need this. Forget about the money and the ideas and the entrepreneur and all that stuff. What do you need for capitalism for you to feel protected that if you go build a business, somebody can't bully you and take shit away from you? What do you need? You need laws. So 40 years ago, China had some four law schools. Nobody followed the laws. A corrupt country cannot have capitalism because... Somebody can come in and say, give me your business, moving forward, this is mine, get out of here. Give me 20% everyone, because there's no laws, right? Okay. The reason why our system has worked is because we have laws. However, if nobody's held accountable for all the shit they did during COVID, people are not going to trust the system. So there needs to be an element of accountability taking place uh, while we're going through this next phase. But it's going to be interesting. I think Elon did a very good thing buying uh, Twitter uh, X. If he wouldn't have done that, this would have been a very different climate. All the people that are very confident posting stuff on Twitter, you wouldn't be able to do that a year and a half ago. There's no way. Mm -mm. Now they can't. So 
Elon was the first tipping point. I think what Chris is doing with Rumble is very important. They're playing a very important role because there's competition. And at the same time, the, the country and the world is starting to realize you guys had some shitty ideas. And now even fr people from the left are starting to say, maybe there was voter fraud. Maybe you guys did some stuff like this. Maybe you did. They're questioning it. Questioning it two years ago? God forbid you questioned it. No. So hypocrisy is being exposed. There needs to come with some level of accountability. Fauci's been very quiet after being considered the sexiest man alive by Guardian. You know, he needs to be held accountable for what he did to make sure the next time we're going to have another epidemic and pandemic, guys. It's going to happen in our lifetime. It'll happen. Whether your age starts with a five or a six or a seven, when it happens, it's going to happen. We do not want the same behavior to happen. So there needs to be accountability for that to improve. But uh, yeah, social is very different. The fact that we can talk right now and this can get distributed to millions of people and hear these ideas and then they go home and talk to their mom and dad and cousins and friends it's about crazy, it. Right? That's what's awesome about it. Because if we didn't have this, we'd be getting bullied by mainstream media on a daily basis. Another uh, kind of uncensored platform, Daily Wire, do you, do you see the beef between Shapiro and Owens? What's going on there? I haven't seen that. He, yeah, what he called that? her disgraceful. and I guess uh, Candace Owens is being like a little anti-Israel. And obviously Ben Shapiro has been on a tear, like going to universities right now, just having open debates with people. So they actually got into it on Twitter. Wow, I didn't even see that. Yeah. And they both work for the Daily Wire. Ben Shapiro said... Um, Isn't Shapiro technically her boss? I mean, he's a, I think he's an owner of the company. But like, I don't know if he's her boss, but yeah, he basically said uh, she made like a cryptic tweet that was like kind of going at him mm. saying you can't serve money and God at the same time. And then he replied and said like, if you, if you think that you're serving money here, like you can quit. So it's like civil war at daily wire. It's the best way to put it. It's but, too like heavyweights going at it though. But let me ask you who's, who's, uh, whose fault is that? Like there has to be the first ship that falls. What's the first domino? Probably Candace like back in Kanye a little bit probably. Okay. So, when you bring somebody like Candace to your platform, has she shown a platform, has she shown a track record of agreeing 100% with everybody? Definitely not. So why are you surprised? Yeah. You shouldn't be surprised, right? When you bring somebody like that in. Like if you, if you bring Draymond Green to your team, is he all of a sudden gonna be, oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not gonna, you know, choke hold Rudy Gobert for freaking 10 seconds and get a five game fine and get suspended. Yeah, you, you're going to expect something like that to happen. You know, Dennis Rodman can go from any team to any team. He's bringing his reputation with him, whatever that reputation is. Candace is bringing a reputation to Daily Wire. I think they got to keep it private when you're going through stuff like that. And it's not a good look for the brand. Uh, I'm sure they'll figure it out because I think inside they have enough people that are reasonable people that can make them sit down and have a conversation with each other, knows and you know, Walsh and Jeremy and Peterson, they can have a meeting. They need to have an emergency meeting to bring everybody together. Jeremy's shooting a movie right now, I think in Holland or wherever he's at. They got to do an emergency Zoom, which if they haven't already done it, she was on Tucker yesterday. I don't know if you saw that. It came out? It came out already. Oh, okay. Tucker's first question was, what happened with you and Ben? He called you disgrace. Is he your boss? He asked her the question yesterday. And it was the first interview she did after the backlash. And she's sitting there pregnant doing the interview with Tucker. Um, so, yeah, I, I think. And what, what was, was the response, response to that? <laughs> she said, well, listen, he's not the boss. The boss is somebody else that I actually get along with. And it's not even Jeremy right now because Jeremy's shooting a movie. I don't know if she said that or not, but it's the fact that Jeremy's not the boss, but he is one of the owners and he's one of the OG founders of the brand. 
and I don't work for Ben, and we can't have uh, dis- uh, disagreements and ideas. We always had, and she said, in the last five years, anything I've ever said, Ben has pretty much been on the opposite side. Vaccine, he was pro, she was against, all this stuff. So she's kind of talking about that. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if long term. Which is fine. They're allowed to disagree. There's nothing wrong it's just, with that. It's just interesting because, yeah, I guess you you don't like when Republicans, quote unquote, disagree. But it, it's they're allowed to disagree. On yeah, but there, there's one thing here. There, so what is the one thing that Ben is saying? I'm not compromising. Oh, he's not compromising on Israel. Exactly. No way. That's the only thing. Yeah. He's okay with everything. Yeah. But Ben is like, no. And And by the way, a part of it, a part of it, you have to respect Ben that at least he has that core of a belief about Israel, which means he's 100% true because this is, he's hurting his business. This is not a good business move for you to do something like this, right? A part of it is this is where I stand, but it's not a good business move what he's doing. It's a good move with Israel and the Jewish community because they're not sitting there saying, wow, okay, so we know where you stand with this. But it's not good for the brand uh, to show that kind of division because then it means I can't come to your brand and have an opposing idea because if I do and say this, you know, this is the part that I'm going to get in trouble. So what if I want to call out a position with Netanyahu? I can't be in part of your organization. And uh, that may very well be the case because it could happen to many different media companies. But, uh, yeah, it was not a pretty day yesterday for Daily Wire. These guys going back and forth. It's crazy. That might be the most divisive thing to like talk about even like more than like left and right times like a thousand like why do you just, think that is why do you think that that gets know. so and sen- i'm just not because it's so I'm sensitive not, it's so sensitive but i think because the way that people are dying children are dying so i think that and it's been there's been so much animosity between both sides for so long it's been going on for thousands of years but right? this is but yeah. yeah but this is the first time it's been everybody has seen it all over social media like not everyone has had this exposure to it from my knowledge would you no, agree you're, there? You're, you're right. And, and some videos are uh, resurfacing from 20, 30 years ago of comments that were made and people are getting educated and it's uncomfortable. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was talking to the, uh, when we first started the podcast, I was talking about the Shah's son, Crown Prince, and his father on October 24th of 1976 is interviewing with Mike Wallace from 60 Minutes. So think about the date. October 24th, 1976, okay? He's interviewing with Mike Wallace. And in the interview, guess who he calls out? The entire Jewish community. So he says, what are you saying? He says, well, to, to be honest with you, the Jewish community has way too much power. He says, what are you saying, your majesty? He says, finance, banking, media, newspapers. He says, like who? New York Times? Yes. Washington Post? Yes. The media? Less. This? And then he stops. He says, I don't want to go anymore. I want to pause right there. He called out how much power they have. What happened to him two years later? He was kicked out. So there is a lot of power that the Jewish community has. And that's clear. By the way, this whole thing that the other side uses, they use the word cleansing. Right? Look, look what Israel is doing. They're cleansing. The, the, the Muslim population has doubled in the last, whatever, 15 years, 20 years. A couple billion people worldwide. You know how many Jews there is worldwide? 15 million. Yeah. 15 million. So if you kill a thousand Jews, 
That's the comparable of killing, you know, well, let's do the math. 15 million, 150, that's the equivalent of killing seven. You see how I did the math where I'm going 15 million to 2 billion? Yeah. Of course, any life is someone's kid is too many, but, and then Musk said something very powerful on, on uh, Rogan when he said, every Palestinian child you kill, you're, you're, you're increasing one member of the Hamas population. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and, and what a great point because that level of animosity, kid's gonna grow up seeking vengeance for the rest of his life. Rest of his life. He's not gonna you know, forget about that. Look at RFK. He has his dad's name. What happened to his dad? His dad got assassinated. Robert Kennedy Jr., Robert Kennedy, gets assassinated. He goes 14 years addicted to drugs, okay? His uncle gets assassinated, John F. Kennedy. His dad's supposed to be the president. And now he's running at 70 years old, where he's at today? You don't think that's been something on his mind for all these years? You don't think he's seeking his own kind of a return to come back and prove a point? You know, and, and, and find out what they did to his family, try to destroy and tarnish the Kennedy last name and the family? That's an example in America. Imagine what they're going to do to all these Hamas and Palestinians and them. So... You know, unfortunately, you know, Netanyahu may want to cement his legacy as, look what I did. I'm the one that went and got rid of them and this, this, that. Great. But what you did do or could possibly do is continue many wars that will happen after you're no longer the prime minister or the president. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. So, and this, again, and I know this kind of sounds weird. Do you know what happened when the Shah was running Iran back in the 70s? There was no war in the Middle East. Everybody was making it work. Because there was relationship. It was peace. There's a business model as well for chaotic Middle East. The more chaotic Middle East is, the more they can be controlled and the more money you can make for different industries, you know, weapons of mass destruction, all this other stuff, you know, the military industrial complex. So, you know, the, the, the people of power behind closed doors, there's some that are sitting there saying, oh, we got a war. The market's about to go up. And look what happened to the market last couple of weeks. It's up. Hi. Look what happened yesterday, up 550. Yeah. So it's actually a very strange business model. That's fuck. So what do you think is like the solution then? Or how do you think this will all end? Or it's going to go on for years? Well, the, ch the challenge is... It seems the, like the war's never going to end. No. No, no that's never going to end because they, they have differences. I mean, you, look, not to have fun with this or, you know, turn it into a joke. Have you seen Adam Sandler's uh, movie where he's the hairdress, you know, the the... Don't mess with the Zohan, of course. The Zohan, right? And yeah. he, he falls in love with a Palestinian girl and he's Jewish. I don't know if you've seen the movie or mm -hmm. not. The other day, my kids wanted to watch it because they're going through all of Adam Sandler's movies. They love Adam Sandler. My wife's favorite comedian is him. And we watch it. We're like, wow, everything about that movie is today. Mm -hmm. And Ali G, you guys know Sasha Baron Cohen, the, the freaking the guy, right? That's my guy. So when he would do, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's the one? He says, so why is it that the... Uh, people you target are the euthanasia as you know euthanasia is he said why, why is it the euthanasia he said no it's something you do it's called euthanasia anyways he has these two leaders from israel and palestine and he's talking to that's them that's when he was bruno right that's when he was bruno he says so yeah. so why is it that uh you know you guys uh, is the number one reason why you guys have a problem with hamas because the pita bread gets in the way yeah and he says no, no, you're confusing the difference between hummus and Hamas. Yeah. He says, so what's the difference? He says, we both like hummus. And then Bruno says, 
So at least you guys agree on something. Yeah. You both like, you know, so someone's got to come in to try to figure out a way to, you know, bring them together. Trump was going in that direction when they moved the embassy from Tel Aviv to Israel, Abraham's Accord. There was some progress being made, but at least there wasn't somebody capitalizing off of it. Bruno might have made the most progress so far. Bruno right? might have made the most progress. I mean, that, that clip is that hilarious, by is the way. So I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. You guys have friends that can keep a straight face for a long time. Like, you know, you did one, one of my favorite skits that you did. It's freaking funny as hell. You, what did you do? You went to the house. And he said, why do you have Biden? Uh, why do you have Trump stuff here? I'm offended. Which one was it that you Putting did? the Trump in. Putting, the, putting Trump. the Biden signs on Trump's And your lawn. face, you kept it right. Some people have that gift that they can keep it. I have a guy, my uh, uh, one of my guys, Mario, right-hand guys, he can keep us. One time we're going on a flight, and it's one of those flights where you go down, and if you go left, it's going Bakersfield. If you go right, it's going Phoenix. But you're not going straight into the tarmac. You're going on the tarmac, you're walking, right? So we get on the plane, and I said, Mario, let's pl play a prank on this lady sitting next to us with two kids. So our flight is going to Arizona, but the other one's going to Bakersfield. They close the door. We're about to take off. I said, so what time's uh, our meeting uh, today in uh, Arizona? I'm, I'm sorry, like uh, the other one's going to Bakersfield. She's, she's on the flight thinking it's going to Arizona, but that one's going to Bakersfield. I said, what time's our meeting tonight in Bakersfield? She's looking at us. I said, what, do you, what do you mean? Excuse me, we're talking. We have a meeting to Bakersfield. There's a schedule, 6 o'clock. Where's this flight going? Bakersfield. We're going to Bakersfield. So, it, and Mario keeps us, he starts talking to her for like two minutes. She's like, this is going to Bakersfield. I can't get on this flight. I'm trying to go to Arizona. She calls the flight attendant, comes in. Ma'am, you got to stop the plane. I can't go to Bakersfield. I have a wedding to go. I have this place to go to. But Mario stays like this, right? And he kept a straight face. And then eventually Mario, the lady's like, they're playing with you. She gets all upset. I can't hold my fist. I got to look this way. I'm part of this community. Sasha Baron Cohen, bro. Yeah. What the hell is that all about? It's, Even Will Ferrell. You seen the one with Will Ferrell where he says, the plums, right? He says, let the boy watch. You ever seen that one when I don't even think Will Ferrell is at Sasha's level. No, Sasha's the GOAT. He even is when he was Ali G, he was and he, the people that he's been able to get in the same room with as when he's trolling them, like he's yeah, the OG troll. Yeah. It's it's insane. Have you guys done anything with them or no? No, that'd be, that'd be that'd be insane. Crazy. I think you guys gotta. That would be hilarious. We should try. You should. Yeah. That 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 would be funny as hell. I want to ask you. This is kind of <laughs> off topic, but you always talk about like I saw clips on TikTok today about how if your kid wants a video game, you make him read ten books to get the video game. This is like a true thing. You raise your kids a certain type of way. Do you think that that's not happening enough? Like that same. You got to study. You got to go in school. You got to focus. Here's a problem with standards. This is the problem with standards. Uh, um, the sooner, the later you set standards, the less people are going to follow it. The sooner you set standards and you keep it, the more it's normal. You know, my, my son, his week is insane. It starts early, it ends late. He's swimming for an hour, then he goes to soccer, then he goes to jujitsu, then he goes to baseball, batting cages, and he's working on that. That's a schedule every day, right? Four sports in one day? Oh, yeah. Oh shit! Do you well, you think that's meet too much for him, or are you trying to like? Well, it's not about it's too much for him; it's normal for him. By the way, we're very capable human beings. Sometimes we underestimate how capable kids are. One day I'm in Panama, and I see a four-year-old kid with a two-year-old, if that, pushing the kid in a cart, shopping cart, by himself, and I'm looking around, looking for parents. Nobody's around. What the hell is this four-year-old doing? 
taking care of a two-year-old baby. Natural instincts we got from very early on, but if we don't use them, you don't put them to work. Right. It's a waste of a talent and a God-given ability. So, so to us, we think too little of our kids. We see them as too soft. We don't see them as capable. We're like, okay, poor kid, poor this. This is not a poor kid. Stop calling your kids a poor kid. He's not poor. He's yeah. okay. So you set the tone and standards, and Dylan comes and says, Dad, my friends, I tell them what my day looks like. Do all kids have schedules like this? I said, every kid has a schedule like this. So I'm telling you, I'm talking to my friends. Their schedule's not mine. I said, that's the schedule of the David family. That's what you're going to be doing. Okay. So now last night, what is he doing at 930? For an hour straight, he's got weights on his feet. I'm not telling him. I'm like, sit down. He's like, going like, he's going like, ta 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 and he's running around soccer, doing around soccer, doing in the back. In the, in, the, in the club room that we have in our theater room. So Dylan, sit down. No, no, I got to be ready. I got to be ready. Dylan, grab a seat. You're sweating. You got to go shower again. No, daddy, we're going to win. We're going to win. I'm like, now it's like it's his wiring, okay, on what he wants to do. But no, with, with us, you know, I grew up in an environment where I never was expected to do, to do anything. First time I ever read a book, I was 21 years old, cover to cover. Why though? Standards. And then I get checked by my first sergeant in the Army, Drill Sergeant Green, who expects, stan expects standards like this from me. And then all of a sudden, I'm pissed as an 18-year-old you know, kid. And I'm like, and then boom, he sets me straight and these three other tough guys and also we're like this. And I start doing stuff I didn't think I was capable of doing, going on four hours of sleep for six months straight. I'm like, so the body's capable of this? Damn. No wonder some countries are able to get better soldiers and our soldiers in America were worried about us spending tens of millions of dollars on them transitioning. And you think the enemy's going to be like, oh, there's a transgender there. Guys, we can't kill them. Yeah. God forbid, because it's not a proper thing to do. You think the enemy thinks like that? No. The problem with America today, which we're going to pay for, if you want to know really what price we are going to pay for, is our low standards with our kids. Yeah. Super low standards. Military, low standards. Schools, low standards. Parents, low standards. And just like Dana said, he said he told one of his kids, he says, look, in, an, in a time like this. Yeah, it's a clip I'm thinking of right now. Yeah. The it, next it, generation is a bunch of Yeah. But, but he said, if you are at all a killer, you're going to freaking win at a high level, right? You're going to freaking dominate the marketplace. And he's right. It's the ultimate season for people to have higher standards. You yourself are going to be surprised at, at what levels you're going to win. Because we're in a very, very low standard economy today. Well, very. Why, why do you think people, it seems like people just don't have faith in themselves. They don't think they, in a, they can accomplish certain things. Like I think the parenting is a big thing too. And the parents are like getting pressure from society, from media to kind of be a bit softer and stuff, right? I think as opposed to other countries. See what they do in China with like the AI checks on the students. Yeah. It's like they're like breeding like a next generation. So imagine you're, you're looking at your enemy doing that. What do you think about it? And then you look at your kids. In America, you're like, ah, yeah, I think in 20 years we're in trouble. That's what we are, okay? No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. No, you can't talk to kids like that. What are you talking about? Like, you know, in the military, one of the things about the military, if you couldn't mentally take it, forget about physical, what they did to you. Mentally is what the game was. Hey, you know what happened last night? What happened last night, Joel? What's your girlfriend's name? Mary. What's your best friend's name? Joey. You know, they were together last night and she was screaming his name. And you watch guys break down crying and get out of the army. 
Are they fucking with them or are they being serious? Constantly fucking with yeah. them, of oh, course. Oh, they're messing around? Of course. Damn. Of just, to, just to what? Test their mental Just toughness? to see if you can stay. Just to see if you can stay. By the way, go in the NBA. And you you ask about guys like Larry Bird or Michael or something, Peyton, how these guys talk smack. Some guys can take it, right? Yeah. So now, well, Pat, Pat what do you say? Are you sp- supporting bullying? And I'm not telling you that, but I'm telling you a little bit of being pushed around and getting your ass kicked is good for you. You need that. For we sure. don't have any of it right now. Yeah. It's like, God forbid you do. God forbid you challenge some kid. God forbid you expect them to do something. No. Um, so yeah, for, and by the way, here's the thing. People will be critical and they'll say, but Pat, I think you're being too tough and this and this and that. Come see how my kids are with me. Come see where they wanted to be yesterday. Florida yesterday, we had a little bit of a, a weather challenge here. So the school was off yesterday because of flooding, right? Guess where my kids wanted to be yesterday? At the office with me. So what do they like about being at the office? Why do they want to be at the office? Are they that miserable? Or do they like it? What you'll end up realizing is they want the standards. They want the high expectation. It's a form of showing love to somebody. When a parent doesn't give a shit what you're doing, the kid interprets as that maybe he doesn't love me. Maybe he doesn't, you know, then I'm going to go do whatever I want. If somebody's like boom, 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 and is able to show love, wow, this guy cares about me that much that is expecting this standard from me. It's pretty powerful. You know, we need that. Everybody needs and should want a person of high standards in their life. Everybody. It's such a beneficial X factor to those that went at a high level. Yeah, you seem like a dope dad. Your you, kids are lucky. I don't know, but your kid, yeah, until your kid comes home with like a D on his report card. He did. He, then, my kid has a, a. What did that look like? It's very easy. It's actually a very easy conversation. Ankle weights for two weeks straight. <laughs> <laughs> Any reason why your kids come to school with ankle weights? No, it's, it's actually not like that. So one of my kids uh, uh, had an F last year and had an F this year. Very simple. You get no iPad if you have anything below B on your report card. It's not an argument. It's not a fight. And you got an F? No problem. Just you don't, get, you don't get iPad and you don't get to pick movies. Nothing. But that, I want to play iPad. Totally get it, bro. Don't worry. One time my oldest son thought this standard was going to go away. And he's the guy that likes video games the most. And guess what happened? Three and a half months, and this was October, November, December, mid-January, he didn't play a single iPad or video game. That's Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Wow. Can you imagine everybody Christmas, we're all together in Aspen. Everybody's together Thanksgiving, wherever we are. Yeah. And you're the only one that's not playing video games on iPad. And everybody asks, how come you're not playing video games on iPad? Because I got a C. I got a D. No problem. Has it improved since then? Of course no? it's improved. Oh, yeah. He's got A's and B's now. He's, yeah, of course. You know, if you want it, you'll improve. And if you don't want it, guess what I'll say to him? I guess you don't like video games that much. I thought you liked video games. I do like video games. Well, dude, you've had a C for two months now. So if you really like video games, you would improve. Totally yeah. fine. My style of leading, it's your choice. I set the standard. Then it's up to you to choose whatever you want to do. But this is my standard. I don't want to read books. You don't have to read any books. We also don't get to get XYZ. The standards matches incentives. If you, if, you, if you find those two together, but by the way, the same goes with uh, uh, America. Look how many single, single uh, 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 mothers we have having kids today. In 1940, it was 4%. In 1940, 96% of kids that were born, they had a mom and a dad married. Think about that stat. In 1940, 96% of any kid that was born was born to a mom and a dad married. 
Wow. That's 96%. 96%. I don't even want to know. What is it now? Only 4% in 1940. You know what it is now, right? 40% are born to a single mom today. 40%. It went from 4 to 40%. This is stamped from the government. I'm not giving you anything that's... That can't be factual. Actually verified right now. I'm going to text it to you right now. Okay. Um, That's crazy. When you see this, 4% to 40%. Okay. So now... Once I show it to you and you see the numbers are right from the government, here's the question. What's the next question you and I want to ask when you hear a number like that? Why? Why? Okay. So what caused it? Okay. So do you know when's the first time the welfare system started? Where we started giving money out to people? Like what year? Social Security started under which president? Do you guys know? No. FDR. Okay. okay. So he started kind of doing the Social Security and all this other stuff that's going on. So, okay. This is how we're going to get rid of poverty in America. Cool. Incentives to single mothers, send them money, they need help, no problem. 1965, LBJ, Lyndon Johnson, increases the welfare benefits to a whole different level, incentivizing mothers who have kids who are going to give them money, okay? When you see 1965 on the number of percentage of single mothers, then all of a sudden it goes like this. And it climbs all the way up to 40%. So 1965, they create the incentives uh, uh, for single mothers to have more kids. So imagine every time you're having a kid, 500 bucks, 500 bucks, you got nine kids, 4,500 bucks the government's paying you. And then if you do get married, the incentives go away. So why would you get married? Yeah. So you find somebody like, I'm going to get married to this. I'm not getting married to you. Why? I'm going to lose these benefits from the government that's being sent to me on a monthly so basis. So you attribute that to welfare, the, the, the number change? Incentives. Incentives so no dictate what we do. When your incentives change, bad behavior or good behavior shows up. If you incentivize, let's just say we- I feel like people are just being a little more yeah. sexually free. Do you think people, it's more of a- There is no, people, are, people have thing? way more sex back then than today. You so, think people are having more sex today? There's I think, no I think you stats think, proves people were having more sex back then than today. Hippies, but with like random people, like oh. one night stands, like girls. Oh, sex! It, it, stats show we are having the fewest sex we've ever had. I don't know what the, the, I don't know who you're looking at there. Well, but. definitely no, not no, you guys. No I'm not here. talking about you, but 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 do you know the level of the, the the percentage for men under the age of 30 as virgins is the highest it's ever been? No way, bro. You know, do you know that's that that percent? Yeah, I'll give again another one. I'll show you. <laughs> oh, These wait, are wait. things that we. This if, is what percent of thirty-year-olds are virgins? That's the stat we're looking up. I I will give you both of them right now. Okay. Uh, uh, I'm gonna call Sam. Yeah, you guys. By the way, your I'm sure your audience doesn't struggle with this. Um, Why do you think that's so high? Virgins? At, yeah. Because of this, they're having sex with the phone. Yeah. Porn. Why would I need to be worried about having sex? Where the best porn today? You got access to so many different porn. Only fans. There's so many things I can do today. What's the craziest stat you Dude, have? You see some of these that one's num- pretty interesting, but do you have any like just crazy percent of something I mean, those bizarre? Are crazy. Well, I mean, those alone are, yeah. there's a lot of them. The more you, you get into it uh, uh, with numbers and stats, it depends on what topic you want to get into. Topics vary, but you're talking with kids, you know, low standards today. Incentives determine what we do and our behaviors. All right, so here we go. Brandon sent one to charts. That's from the U.S. Census Bureau, 4% to now 40%. That's fucking insane. That's insane. That's the, that's the census Growth giving you that stat. Growth of unwed childbearing. Oh, so unwed. 
unwed. So you're a single mother. You're not married. You're having these kids. So people are also getting married less. People are also yeah, getting how, married less. How down less. is that? How what? How, how down is the marriage thing? rate? Um, it's be the lowest ever pe- been. People are not getting... I mean, look, men are afraid of getting married for a different reason, right? So why are men not long, wanting to get married? How long have you been married? I've been married now 14... June 26th uh, became 14 years. Wow. So we take it one year at a time, by the way. Yeah. So one thing about marriage. What do you... What, what Would you recommend marriage to us? Steiny texted me this morning and said, Hey, bro, I think we got to get girlfriends. Well... Just randomly. I did say that. It, That's actually true. But, but, I, but, I'll, but I'll tell you this, bro. What do you guys want to do? Meaning... Do you guys, do you want a family? Do you want kids? Are you still in the phase of you're running, you're having a good time? How, how old are you? 29. How old are you? Same age. Okay, I mean, listen. When did you get married at? What I age? got married at 30 is when I got married. Damn. But, but I, had, I had a lot of fun. In Army, it's, it's mayhem. You know, people think in Army, we, we just work hard. Man, oh, yeah. know, put I've the uniform heard. on, go on and see what happens. It's just a very weird dynamic, you know, when you're in the Army in different places. So we had a lot of fun. And I used to go to Vegas every other weekend and when I was living in LA. So we had our fun. But if you're not done, don't do it yet. Yeah. If you're not done. Um, but I will tell you, man, there's a lot of different highs in life. There's a high when you have money in the bank. There's a high when you buy your dream house. There's a high when you're being recognized. There's a high when you get love from your family. There's, you know, high. There's all these different highs. There's nothing like a high with kids, man. That high with kids is a complete different story. Um, complete different story, the high with kids. Uh, so I highly recommend it. And I don't recommend it having it without a steady uh, uh, husband and wife, father and mo- mother being in the house together. Uh, but I would highly recommend getting married. I thought you were going to say I wouldn't recommend it without getting a prenup. Oh, like, there's there's no way I'm doing it without a prenup. Anybody who tells you don't do it, get married without a prenup is a is a fool. Is that, is that like kind of like a, a that's bait? a tough negotiation bait, with the wife though? There's no, no way. No. What's no. what's your go? But don't for they that? say like obviously the wife says like well, what do you mean you think we're gonna get divorced? Someone someone works. told me this. Someone said you <laughs> ask him do you love me for me or do you love me for my money? No problem. Go ahead and let's you want to role play. You want to role play all these objections? We sure. can do that. Go ahead. Be well, the wife. Be the girl. Why am I? The, you're the girl. <laughs> <laughs> you, do you know you the know script? The answers, if you know though. the script, I'll be okay, the girl. Go the for it. I'll okay, be the girl. The Go ahead. Okay. Steiny's so not getting. Steiny's not getting a prenup for sure. <laughs> so here we go. I'll be the girl. You're gonna right? tell the girl like, yo, I won't make you get a prenup. Yeah, fuck yeah, I'm doing that. <laughs> so okay, so let's role play. Let's see if you know the script. Okay. So, you know what? If you love me, why would you want to get a prenup? Because we love each other, so we share everything we have. Oh, so you're being the girl now? Yeah, yeah. You said okay. I was. So you be the girl. Okay, so we love each other. We should totally get it. But at the same time, people change. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen with you 5, 10, 15 years from now when you change. When you do change, and if you do change, I'm not going to risk everything I worked on for the last 32 years for that. God willing, I want to be with you for the rest of my life. But if all of a sudden you change, you want me to risk everything in the past? I'm not doing that. But Pat, we, uh, we love each other. We're going to be together forever. And, and I'm betting that we're going to be together for the rest of our lives. But again, God forbid, if you choose to all of a sudden do something, is something going on back there? Yeah. Is it really? No shit. <laughs> is it really do- were you guys here yesterday to see what happened or no were you no, in Fort well, yeah we were here it's crazy oh, oh i heard that insane yeah. flooding yeah. like the 12 inches of rain or whatever school's getting shut down but no i'm i'm having that conversation with you and i'm telling you up front that i don't know whether you're going to change or not if you don't change we're going to be together forever if you do change I'm not going to give up what I've worked for for the last 13 years. Like for certain people or for you, was that an uncomfortable conversation to have? 
Zero uncomfortable. Was it an easy one to pull off? Absolutely. You know why? If you carry the weight, you have the leverage. Good luck finding many men that are responsible men that have their shit together. Go ahead and find them. Yeah. Go ahead. A doer. If you're a doer as a man and you carry the weight and you're providing experiences and on all facets, you're doing your part, go ahead. I had, I had a meeting with a guy, so he's, he's having this conversation with me. Yeah. He's got a beautiful wife, a Syrian guy. Love this guy from Chicago. He's one of the guys we consult for. He makes 40 million a year. Super successful guy, right? We're having this meeting, and he says, what do I need to do for me to retain my C-suite executives? What do I need to do? Sometimes I go to sleep, and I'm afraid I'm going to lose my executives, and they're going to go to a different company. I said, are you married? He said, of course. You know, my, I said, I know your wife. I said, how pretty is your wife? She's beautiful. I said, I think your wife's beautiful. You think your wife has a lot of options for other men? It's like, what kind of question is that? I said, it's a very honest question. You got a beautiful wife. When a man sees a woman, they don't say, oh, I can't look at her because she's married. They're like, she's hot. And you think there are certain men that are willing to break the rule and flirt with somebody that's married? Of course. Plenty of them are out there. Okay, great. So how come your wife hasn't left you yet? You think you're the best looking guy in the world? You think you're the richest guy in the world? What makes you think, you, th you think you're the best in any area of life? How come your wife hasn't left you? By the way, for five minutes, he doesn't know what to say. Mm. He is, now you know where he's going? He's going to, do you know something I don't know? Is my wife about to leave? <laughs> he's freaking out, right? I'm about to get my wife to leave. But that's not the case. You know what it eventually came to? Here's a part. Five minutes later, hasn't said a word, then eventually says, because I deliver. I said, that's all you got to know. So in his wall right in his office, executive office, guess what's the quote on the wall right behind his desk? I deliver. Because I deliver. Massive that says because I. So every day he comes to his office, it says what? Because I deliver. So if your wife, even if you deliver, she chooses to leave you, whose loss is that? Not yours. Because the market's still going to be good for you, not for her. You're right. going to find somebody if you deliver. Uh, so Girls just love a guy that could deliver, right? Of yeah. course. In in all aspects in all aspects of life, by the way. Yes. Yeah. You got I, a lot of lost packages, I, eh? Huh? You got a lot I of lost packages? Hell no, bro. <laughs> oh. A couple of return to senders. I always think of Larry David. You know Larry David, obviously. Yes. And he had to get when he got his divorce, he had to give his wife four hundred million. Yeah. And it's just like, because not only at that point do you hate that person, but you have to give him half of what you earned, and I'm just like, that's double whammy. Dude, Bezos gave thirty Be billion. Bezos too. To how, McKinsey. How, how much did billion. he give her? Thirty billion. Thirty billion. So how, a, do they not way, get a, how does he not a get a prenup? Too. How does he not get a prenup? Well, there must have been some like he, no, he might not. She have must have been when dirty she, talking. He might not have had money they were yet. together for twenty five years. So twenty five years they were married. They got divorced probably three years ago, twenty eight years ago. I don't know what his net worth was twenty eight years ago. Nineteen ninety five is that what twenty five years? Twenty eight years? What you, you guys are born 94, 93? 94. 94. Okay, so ninety five is what it is. So ninety five. What was Jeff Bezos worth in 95? I don't know. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, so, I don't so think he had it, that kind of money. It's different. So, But if you come from like you, you got money. You can't just be like, yeah, babe. No. Yeah, there's zero chance. What does that tell you, though, if a, if a girl says, hey, I, I, I don't feel comfortable doing this? Is that when you say, okay, we're not getting married? Of course. Definitely. You got to go all in at that point. Of course. Yeah. Zero chance. And they'll fold. Yeah. And by the way, you know why? Let's say you, you fold. She'll know your threat doesn't carry weight for the rest She's of your marriage. She's flipping seven two offset after that. 
So what'd you say? I said she's flipping seven two offset if you yeah. fold on that. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's a story I saw and I want to talk, ask you about it. You said at one point you were a uh, like a muscle for a, a drug dealer. Is that true? He, 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 so you, you saw that video? I saw yeah. very, it was a, it was a short clip. I only and told it, that story one time or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but it is was. It, is so it all, got, that's all true. It is. Yes, I'll tell you this story. It's a funny story. Some <laughs> crazy story. I'm at Bally's. I'm 20 years old. 21 Bally's in years Vegas. Yeah. Bally, no, Bally Total Fitness uh, uh, in Culver City, not oh, the okay. not the uh, casino, but the club. And there's this guy working there, good-looking white guy, tall, six three, six four, and he's working sales, but he doesn't want to sell anybody. But he drives a Rolls Royce outside, so I'm like, a very weird, uh, you know, situation here. He would have all these nice cars and. But he would never sell. One day he's coming with his BMW. One day he's coming with his car. I'm like, hey, man, how do you make money? If you don't sell any membership, they're paying you minimum wage $720. you are only making $1,200 a month. And every time we get a walk-in, you give it to one of us. And a walk-in pays you 60 bucks. He says, you think I want to make 60 bucks? What the hell am I going to do with 60 bucks? I said, why are you working here? He said, what are you doing this weekend? I said, nothing. He said, go party with me. No problem. So we go to Third Street Promenade, and then he takes me to Marina. He takes me to all these places. He introduced me to this Colombian guy, and then he says, this is how I make my money. I said, how's that? And you see a, a, a mountain white powder in this corner, and he says, uh, you want to make real money? I'll show you how to make real money. I said, how's that? We have to go collect money from this one guy, You'll get paid $4,000 every week cash I'll give you if you come and do this with me. So I'm like, oh my God, what am I getting myself into? So we go into this one Marina Del Rey yacht and it's filled with these guys partying all this other stuff. And the goal was to get the $100,000 that we needed to get. And anyways, 20 minutes later, we got the money and we left. It was a beautiful situation. They're happy. They're offering me all this stuff. And they said, look, man, if you do this with us every week, we'll pay four grand every week cash, not W2, nothing. And I go home, I'm like, dude, I'm about to make some real money here. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm about to go to jail if I continue with this guy. Mm -hmm. I thought about it for one week, and then I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. This is not gonna be the way to go. But it was the one week that I spent time with this guy, I realized um, how he was making his money. It's also an interesting story with him. Do you know David Giffen? You know David Giffen, one of the bigger Hollywood, he's like a... I've heard uh, the name for sure. Yeah, so he is like the Weinstein. You know who Weinstein is, right? Yeah, the guy yeah. that got caught. Okay, so Giffen is one of these billionaires, like three, four billion dollar guy, feared in Hollywood. He says, one day I get invited to his house because this guy wanted to be a, a star, actor, good-looking guy. He said, we go to his uh, house. It's me and my best friend. And they say, David wants you to come upstairs. He says, we go upstairs to the room. I'm like, oh my God, we're about to get into a movie. David's done all these different people. He found he's done this, he's done that. He says, we go upstairs to his room. And he says, so I'm thinking about putting you guys in this next movie. Right. What do we need to do? You need to give him a blowjob. Holy shit. And he says, I look at my friend. Well, hold on, sorry. You had to give it? Or? No, 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 no. The guy, this guy that okay. was the cocaine guy was the guy that went to David's house being invited because yeah. he wanted to be an actor, like a big time actor. So he's telling him, you got to give him head and I'll put you in a movie because he got off of oh seeing gosh. men doing this to each other. And that was the starters. 
Anyways, his friend looks at him and says, look, bro, I'm willing to do it if we're going to get into a movie. <laughs> he's like, I'm not doing it, dog. I'm out of here. So he left. He says, that's when I said I'm not doing anything with Hollywood, and he got into cocaine business. And that's how he made his money. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that shit's been, that shit goes on, I guess, eh? I've heard stories I wonder, like that. I, he can't, people have to be way more cautious now. I feel like back then, you probably could get away with a lot more. But now, I mean, that's fucking crazy. I'm sure you're seeing What movie was it? Hold on. Big I, film or? It's a good, that's a very valid I'd have question to see the, you're I'd have to see the script at least. I'd, yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, at least read the script. Who know, I mean, who yeah, knows you know, how big it's the movie Top was? Gun. It's worth yeah. it, right? If it's Top Gun, you're going to do it. Hey, we got to figure this out, guys. I mean, it's not like it's going to be public. But no, I mean, listen, it's a, it's a it, Hollywood. A lot of weird things would happen. I was a manager at Valley's in Chatsworth. And Chatsworth at the time was 80% of all porn was shot in Chatsworth. I don't mm. know if you guys knew this or not. Chatsworth was like the, the, the capital of porn. Mm. And I would run the only Bally's club with outdoor swimming pool. So these guys would show up and they're like, hey, would you guys mind if we stay here afterwards and do stuff? I'm like, look, guys, you got an hour. And they would do all these crazy things. And I'm like, look, moving forward, you guys can't do this. This was a little bit too crazy what happened tonight. But you would get offered to be in movies all the time. L.A., gym business, if you work in... If, if, if anybody's watching this, you worked in any gym business in LA in 80s, 90s, you would say it's absolutely right. All this craziness happens. It's that wild in the gym business. You met everybody. You met the guys that ran the biggest clubs, the biggest promoters, the guys with the best stuff, drugs, the guys that knew the girls, you know, the everybody. It's a it's a uh it's it's a very different, weird place to work in, but a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, what age were you when you got out of there? Gyms? Like just the Hollywood in general. 22. 22, 23, I went straight to financial services, and then it was it was done from there. Yeah. One more thing I want to ask. I think, did you set the record for, like, the most expensive house bought in the Fort Lauderdale area? I did. What was it, 20 point something mil? 20.4 million. Yeah, 20.4 million. Um, so that was the most expensive house ever purchased in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. That's a flex. It, it's, How many square feet is that? Uh, 11,000 square feet, 800 feet of water frontage, uh, shy of an acre, two, acre three, um, in a gated community. Messi is right next to us. He just moved in three months ago. Kids are doing trick-or-treating. Messi's trick-or-treating with my kids. No. Really? Tell me that's not the weirdest thing in the world. He was dressed as a, what, what do you call Jester? Is that, is, that, is that what it's called? Jester? Yeah. Jester, he was dressed as a jester and his family's there. Chillest guy you'll meet. Well, yeah, also your expectations for candy are probably pretty high. Yeah. Well, well, I was like sign balls. What we want. I want like sign balls. I want sign, you know, gloves. We, we want some real thing. But if yeah, you do, guys have to ball out for fucking right. Halloween, eh? Yeah. <laughs> In the community, yeah. yeah. It's disappointing. It's like, that's all you got? Is that all you got? A Kit Kat? Yeah, yeah. No Xbox? Uh, but, but, but no, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, so and here's what's crazy. Two months ago, the record was broken by a house that's only on 0.3 acres. Wall Street Journal just wrote about this. My realtor what? sold that one on 0.3 acres. How's that possible? At 10,000 square feet, sold for $40 million. How? What do you mean how? This 0.3 acres is nothing, though. Of course it's nothing, but you, you go when out. When did you buy the oh, house? Oh, I see. My, I bought my two and a half years ago. How many yeah, acres oh, do you have? Acre two, acre three. Yeah, our, uh, the house, the, the the market here is wild. That's crazy. same realtor that you know did our deal, calling us saying you can get forty five fifty all day today. We're moving here December. 
Really? Miami. We're leaving From Miami. Yeah. California. You're going to be in Miami? Yeah. yeah. What, what part? Miami like, area. Yeah, Miami area. Like Edgewater. The whole crew? Everybody? Yeah. yeah. You're going to love it. I'm sure you know this. We're coming over to your yeah. house, bro. Come on down, bro. Anytime. Thanksgiving. You, you're going to love it. <laughs> you're going to love it here. I'm sure you already know this, but you're going to love it here. Yeah. We've been coming to visit here for like two years because we have a lot of happy dad relationships here too. So we never had to pull our hair to come here. But now that we're going to be living here, it's just going to be. But I tell you, that that delayed you guys getting married at least a decade. <laughs> because it's going to take you a long time to but that's go what I mean. all the girls in Miami. We've already experienced like the crazy Miami life. We've been coming here for what, two years? Steiny lived here for a little yeah. bit. Right, but it, you're right. It's just oh, Miami's definitely. just the place for that now. This is why I live in Fort Lauderdale. I'm trying to stay married. You guys are trying to go to delay you know, getting run. married. Yes, yeah. and you're going to the right place. Yeah. And by the way, it's just gonna get it's just gonna get crazier. Like I think the momentum is just getting started. Yeah. Of we, Miami. Oh yeah. I, and and at least it's gonna last a decade. Okay. It's at least gonna last a decade. So you're gonna have a lot of stories in Miami. Yeah. If you guys are moving, you said December you're moving down here. Yeah. December or January. You already got the house and everything figured we out? We almost got it. Yeah. We we have a few Is offers. everybody going to be living together? No, I think we're going to have a few different spots. Just because the if we got a big house all together, the, the market here is crazy is, one. Yeah. And then we'd also need full-time security, which is well, insanely I, expensive. I got one more thing I want to ask you. It's kind of a random question, but a, a lot of people obviously ask you for advice. What's like the number one question people ask you? Depends who's asking, right? Like, you know, if somebody is single, they're asking me about marriage. If somebody has started a company raising money, it's a different question they're asking. If there's somebody, somebody selling a company, it's a whole different advice when you're selling a company. You got to be ready for that one. I'm thinking uh, like a kid, are there a lot of like mid-20s, young 20s that are like, hey, I don't know what to do with my life. Oh, brother, I would tell them, here's, here's a number one advice I give to that person. Join a community. Join a community that is led by a killer fastest way to accelerate learning like for example <clears throat> if i wanted to go into hollywood first thing i'm doing is if i was 20 years old trying to go into hollywood i would have gone into a community meaning vince vaughn john favreau keep doing movies together go into that community you're going to get a job adam sandler schneider keep doing movies together get into that community you know jennifer lawrence bradley cooper are doing get into that community if you want to get into the social media space get into this community Find a community you're aligned with, get into that community. Um, you'll learn chaos. You'll learn their mistakes. You'll learn what they're doing right. You'll learn um, habits, negotiation behind closed doors. Cameras are off. How are they talking? What are they doing? How are they making decisions? How are they closing deals? How are they, you know, uh, their day-to-day -day stuff? How serious are they? Do they have a balance of serious and having fun? You know, what is that balance that they're having? How do they call each other out? Where's the level of accountability? How do you have direct conversations? How to bring people together? These are, how many books do you need to read to get that? You can't. Mm -hmm. But if you get into the right community that is like, like this, yeah. and so much is happening, it accelerates the learning process by tenfold. So to me, forget about what industry you're getting get involved in. Forget about what company you're getting get, get involved in. Which, which killer are you going to go help? Which yeah. leader are you going to go support and go pick up that guy's habits, what he's doing? You'll have an edge. Amazing. Amazing. Nice. I think this, Dude, is this awesome, has been, bro. I've had a great time. I've Thank had a blast so with you guys. Hey, you I love your up. work. You fired yeah, me up. You. I'm oh, inspired now. Have I fired to... you up to get married or that's going to delay? <sighs> Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Like you said. Good. Take I your time. I think another few years. Good. I Unless think... you get bit by the love bug. 
And then you just had no choice. Where'd you meet your, your wife? So we met first June of 02. Um, I was uh, uh, in Encino, North Encino, uh, California. I'm in the bathroom washing my hands. A guy, Fernando Lasso, comes in saying, Pocahontas just walked in because my wife had hair all the way down to her lower back. I'm like, really? I'm with a girl I'm about to get married to. And I walk no into way. the room. Yeah, I walk into the room. And guess who's talking to Pocahontas? My girlfriend. So my girlfriend introduced me oh, to my wife at the time. She's with a guy of eight years. My girl and I are together for three years. And she said, hey, here's Jennifer. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Good to meet you. So tell me your background. Da, 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 da. Great. Five years later is the first, five and a half years later, December 15th, is the first time ever or both her and I are single. And we're at JW Marriott Palm Springs. And we're having dinner. And uh, we start talking. I said, are you single? She says, I am. I had just broken up with another girl of two weeks. I said, what are you looking for in a man? She pretty much hit all the markers. She, either that's, she's, that's your slide in line? What? What are you looking for in a man? Just straight. What are you looking oh, for in a man? That just was straight my, up? My, when you're looking for a wife. Now, when you're looking for a girl you want to hook up with, the line is not going to be, what are you looking for for a man if you're trying to hook up with? If you're trying to get married, yeah, I like yeah that. I'm That's going good. straight I'm up. I'm saying it's a power move. Yeah, it's I'm like, like, what are you looking for in a man? Yeah. Because let's find out. Let's go through the filter. You I'm should not, try that. You should yeah. try that. Well, I'm not looking to get married. <laughs> no, no, but I think it's still a power move. I would the love hookup line's a little different. <laughs> is it effective? <laughs> it's, a, it's effective. Yeah. Let's yeah. try that mic'd up and see what happens. Let's try it. That's actually, that's funny, bro. Let's try it on like 20 chicks. But you have to be like, he could keep a serious straight face. With no, that. he can. He's yeah. talented. He's, yeah. He can do that. He's part of that community that can keep a straight face. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, so I asked her anyways, you know, she uh, said, I'm single. And then uh, we drove home, uh, dropped her off. Uh, a couple days later, we met at Jerry's Deli. I said, look, I think you like me. I like you. I think we should go out. She says, there's no way that's going to happen. I see you as a friend. She got up and walked out. She got nervous. And she went to Houston. I told my dad, I said, Dad, I'm going to go to Houston and surprise her and have lunch with her and come back. It's Christmas time. She said, you're going to freak her out if you do that. Anyways, middle of the night, I get a message from her on MySpace. Look, I respect you. I really enjoy our relationship, but I'm afraid. I just got out of a long-term relationship. What if it doesn't work out? I don't want to compromise our friendship. And I respond back on MySpace, aside from risk losing our friendship, do you have any other concerns? And she has this uh, poster. She has it on the uh, printed out. And she responds back six hours later, no. I said, great. That's the night we talked for five and a half hours later, five and a half hours. She comes back December 29th, our first date. We go to uh, P.F. Chang's. Then our second date, we go do the stairs. We go to church. We go to Santa Monica. We go to Earth Cafe. And then we go to Borders. And I bought her a book on our second date called 101 Questions to Ask Before We Get Engaged on our second date. Wow. I said, I'm not looking for a girlfriend. I'm looking for a wife. If this scares you, totally understand, but I've done the exercise with three other girls. I know exactly what I want. Take a week, take as long as you want to answer the questions. If you want to get back together, let's go through them. Week later, she answered all of them. We had a six-hour meeting. One by one by one, we went through the questions. Year and a half later, we got married. We got four kids now. It's amazing. What? Yeah. So 14 years of marriage. Over 14 years of marriage, yeah. By the way, highly, highly, highly recommend you go through that book for your own self. What's it called? 101 questions to ask before you get engaged. And you wrote engaged. it? No, it's a guy named Norman Wright. And by the way, I buy, invite... Buy that on Amazon, Gabe. <laughs> yeah. It, it, and, and you know what the book is? It's just 101 questions. There's nothing in the book. 
Like so how many pages is it like? It's 101 pages. Oh, and it's one question a page? It's just a question and then you answer it. There is no like 17 steps to whatever. Here's 101 questions you should think about before you get married. That's what that was about. So that's the format where, you know, I, I bought a thousand copies of that book and I started giving it to all my sales guys, all the single guys. So any one of my guys that got married, they all got married after reading that book with their girls. All of them. The, the, but you, the thing is, is when you give her that book, you got to be sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. You can't give that to anybody. But but the but the thing is, if you read it now for yourself, you're gonna say, dude, I'm not ready. Yeah. That's why it's a good exercise to do whether you want to get married or not, because you're at least starting to think about these are actually good questions. Yeah. You know, because if the love bug all of a sudden happens, you're like, dude, hang on a second. That question number 38 really got me thinking. What do you think about blah 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 blah? You know, so too many times we just get married because sex is good because she's hot. And like, oh my God, we're having so much. She's so much fun. I just love seeing her. Yeah, but it takes more than that to marriage is. Do you remember some of the questions? What what baggage do you bring to the table? Who's going to manage the finances? How long can you ha handle with me being away? How many days if I'm doing work? How many kids do we want to have? You know, how do you manage relationship with in-laws? What are you going to do if I have health issues and I can't have sex for six months? It's very, Damn. very much of real, real, real questions you'll go through. Yeah. So you're avoiding the problems before you get married. It's kinda. the best way to do it. Even when you become a business partner, it's the best way to do it. How many people start podcasts together? Two years later, it doesn't work out. Love. Well, you're not doing your thing and you didn't carry your It was not fair. I did it. It's you. Then you do it the second time around. Hey, let's get terms. Let's put everything on this. Here's how this works. Good. Let's roll. Mm -hmm. Great. So you're avoiding future arguments. Yeah. That's what it does. Yeah. And I'm all about avoiding future arguments. Of course. Yeah. All right. I love it. Well, this was amazing. We appreciate you having me this on. This was now. fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Let's, uh, let's hang out again, too, uh, if we move to Miami. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. 100%. Look forward. You want to plug great. anything? Yeah. Man. Oh, man. Thank you. you. We'll put anything? all Patrick's links in the description. Make sure you subscribe to his podcast, too. You're obviously, your pod is just absolutely crushing, especially the clips, too. I see them all over Everywhere. YouTube. I always watch them. So thank you. You're an we're amazing grown. guy, we're, amazing we're, speaker. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Thanks, guys.